0: I see those big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition. Any rocky mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys concrete kings but that's never been a problem because we got diesel
1: in our veins we've got diesel in our veins what's up jfw family welcome back to the channel 23 podcast the purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone with all things jfw Welcome back, Super Dave. And the first time we've ever done this, we have two drivers on. We got Chris Beam coming on for his second time and Rich Trujillo. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank
2: Thank you. you. Good morning. Morning, guys. Morning or good afternoon. (coughs)
3: Morning. You listeners here.
2: (laughs) Right.
1: Rich, how's it feel to be famous? (laughs) Don't know yet.
3: Not sure yet. You're not really famous yet because they (laughs) won't come out till this afternoon.
1: (laughs) By eleven, you'll be famous worldwide. All right, right, we always kick off the podcast with the pledge. If you guys need a copy, it's right there. But let's get it going. I pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the flag of Of the United United States States of America
3: America and and to the the republic Republic for which it stands, stands, one nation nation, under under God, God. Indivisible Indivisible, with liberty and justice justice for
1: for all. All. That was a good one, man. We sound good. All right. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today. We pray for the safety of our fleet, all their families, and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today. We pray for patience and the making of good, safe decisions. We pray to be accident free and that we all make it back to the comfort of our homes this evening. We pray for healing and 100% recovery. For all of our family members and their family members that are ill. And we pray to find Amber's mom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said. Amen. (laughs) Disclaimer. Anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFW's. It is just the four men in this room's opinion. Episode 79 did pretty good. We had 529 downloads. We are at 33.9 thousand total downloads. Can you believe that? And we have 194 followers.
3: Need to have a party when we hit 50,000. Yeah,
1: I agree. And 100 episodes. So we're getting close. 20 more episodes, I think we'll be at both of those numbers. Maybe. Nice. Absolutely. It's time for the Dad Joke Challenge. We always let the new blood go first. Rich, what do you got?
2: Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) What do you call a fake noodle?
3: Hmm. A foodle?
2: Nobody, super Dave?
3: I don't know. I'm sure it's really obvious though what you do An say. It. An ah.
2: <laughs> I got one more. Uh what do you call a lady with one leg shorter than the other?
3: Peg? Eileen.
1: Eileen.
4: Ah. Yeah, I there you know one. that one. There you That's go, a good super. one. Yeah. I know another one, but
2: it's not family friend. Oh. <laughs> what do you call a guy with no car?
1: With no car? Carlos? Carlos?
2: Joaquin. Joaquin. There you go. (laughs) That's That's a good one. There you go. What do you
1: got, Chris? Uh,
4: Along the lines of short and sweet, uh, what happens when Sunday and Monday get into a fight?
1: Mm, Don't know. boy. That's like
4: every week, isn't it? (laughs) Sunday wins because Monday
3: is a weekday. (laughs) 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 Should have known it had something to do with the weekday.
1: I'm back on the gun puns.
3: Are you? What
1: does every mime put on their gun? This should be an easy one. A wall. silencer.
3: Uh. (laughs) Man. So obvious yet. Couldn't have told you that. Do you guys like doing jigsaw puzzles? Nope. I tell you, I love jigsaw puzzles, right? And I don't want to brag, but I finished the jigsaw puzzle I was working on in under a week. And you know what? It said it was uh, two to four years on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, soup. <laughs>
1: That's funny. All right, new employees. We got Alfonso Ledesma. He started this week. Welcome to the fleet and the family. Celebrations. We got anniversaries. We got Rosario Garcia, hit six years on the eighth. We got uh, J.R. Sands. Hit seven years yesterday. Wow. And also Ish Coronado hit one year yesterday.
3: Right. So Congratulations, guys. you guys.
1: Yeah. And welcome, Alfonso.
4: Yep. Congrats. Welcome.
1: Birthdays. We got Jennifer Hayes, Johnny Beret, and Tracy Holloway all have birthdays today. Happy birthday. And then Tufu Yang, his birthday's coming up on Saturday.
3: Wow. Happy birthday. Busy week with birthdays this week. Absolutely. And then family
1: birthday celebrations. We got Fletcher Harshman. He's actually got two relatives here at JFW. He's got uh, his dad, Dylan, and then also Dale. Dale Boyce is his grandpa. His birthday is on the 12th. or Yeah, it is on the 12th. So Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday.
3: Saturday, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far into the podcast, I need to make a correction and apologize to Steve Barnes. Last week I said he was ticketed for making a turn into that Seven Eleven, when he got rear-ended. He wasn't ticketed, so he wanted to make that clear. Well, that's cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But the, way it, the reason it came up is because of that lady over there on 136th and uh, Sable, right? So I think the law reads you are allowed to make a, a turn over a double yellow line as long as you're not impeding
3: traffic. Right. So. We had to look that one up, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah, what a nice lady out there. She's, she's a – bless her heart.
4: Luckily, in all my years here, I've never <laughs> run into her. She's so. a sweetheart. Definitely. I, did you did you she moved, she moved over there
3: from Tower Road. Any of you guys remember the Tower Road lady? It was a few years ago. Oh, yeah. She was a character. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wasn't there one on Gun Club as well?
3: Oh, that's one. Sorry, yeah. Rich. Yep, Gun Club. Yep, uh, I knew what yep. you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard
2: stories of all of them. I just try to stay off them. I don't
4: Yep. <laughs> They even rerouted their
3: us because of her. She won. They yeah. they created now the, the got uh, a, no trucking 6th no around yep, instead no, of no straight trucking down gun club. on gun club there. So
1: I mean really that's what this lady needs to do. I mean we talked about it. She needs to get that stop line moved back past her driveway because there's a big solid white line where you stop. I mean mm-hmm. that's where everyone everyone who's been driving for any amount of time knows to stop at the white line. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know what you uh, expect. Most
4: people stop beyond it because every time I try to make a right-hand turn there, they at least a car or two spaced in, front of, in front
3: of the line. And yeah, even that, if that, only that, one that. truck stopped there, You're blocking it, would, it. it would block it. Plus,
1: I think that line set back a little bit so trucks could make that left turn, too. It
3: is, yeah. I just wonder
4: how often she's coming and going that it's actually an issue.
1: Right. Probably never. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't even drive.
4: She just see trucks blocking <laughs> the driveway and she's mad.
1: Speaking into the mic, please. Oh. It's cool. <laughs> All right, let's see, shout outs. I want to start off by welcoming back JR. It's been nice having him back. JR was missed and uh, yeah, welcome back JR. Welcome back. Ten four,
3: welcome back, JR.
1: Kurt Spencer, he wants to give a shout out to Todd Doll, Anthony Harper, and Gene Freeman for doing an amazing job and looking good coming back from fair play over Crow Hill. He said they were all going up the hill and they went to pass the DJ Coleman truck and it was like a choreographed exercise. <laughs> yeah. You know, I pulled the video, it's a couple couple guys passing DG Coleman.
3: You one at a time just taking yeah, turns. Yeah, one at a time, taking turns. It nice. was a beautiful morning. He was just pumped up.
1: You guys know what that's like out there trucking and it just yep. feels good. Sure yep. does.
3: Definitely. Yep, yep. sure does. <clears throat>
1: And then this is pretty cool. Mike Cisneros overheard a state trooper talking about JFW trucks. He was pulled over. I can't remember if it was like the fry topping
3: area or where he was. Yep, it was.
1: <coughs> oh, yeah, you would tell me about this.: Why Yeah Mike, tell, tell he, the story.: Yeah,
3: Mike was talking to me the other day, um, and he was just doing a quick walk around in the, in the tarp area at Fry, and uh, there was a couple troopers. One was training the other. And uh, so I don't know if Mike was paranoid. They were looking at him. But uh, he overheard. He's bumping his tires, checking his tarp, everything. And um, he overheard the the trainer saying to the trainee, yeah, that's JFW truck. Those guys keep their trucks in really great shape, and that's a good company. And uh, I guess Mike came back around, and he said, thanks for the you know mm-hmm. props. And the trooper says, ah, oh, you're good. We're not here to inspect you. I'm just doing a little training. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. that
4: directly from a trooper when I was getting a, like a level three or something in the canyon. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to give you too hard of a time. We you know your trucks are good, so." It's always yeah, nice to be able to get through those quick and tell easy. You, we, yeah,
3: we work great. hard at it. It's good, good. Work, It's yeah. not magic, you know. The, that shop is. Well, the shop seems like magic sometimes. Oh yeah, the amount of work that they get done overnight—it's yeah. yeah. crazy. Definitely, yeah. just a got good, a Good reputation there.
1: Write down your problem and it's magically fixed. Mhm. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
3: or they'll tell you why it wasn't right. You know, we're waiting yep. on a part. You know, going to wait till your next short service. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but as a reminder, too, you do need to write things up every day. So this came up yesterday. Guy at the yard twenty three had a coolant leak. The shop thought they fixed it, and then he still had a coolant leak. Well, he didn't, He may or may not have written it up. There's there's a little bit more confusion, but. If the shop works on your truck, but the problem's not fixed, you got to keep writing it up so they know. Otherwise, they think they fixed it and there's no more problems. Mm-hmm. You know. Plus, if they couldn't get to it, sometimes you got to write it up every day until until it's fixed. Mm-hmm. So.
4: Sometimes yeah. I think a good thing to do is, as soon as you see the problem, now that we're doing this email thing, is just send it the email. Right. Don't wait till the end of the day because you never know what's going to distract you and you might forget it.
3: Great point. Mm-hmm. It's important too to check in with the shop and say, hey, you know, I wrote this up yesterday. Did you have a chance to look at it? What did you find? Uh, Sometimes they think they fixed it and it wasn't the problem. Other times, you know, there's got to be that communication there. But either way, you got to write it up and write it up and write it up. And I know Mikey has told me when he sees that write up sheet and the same thing is written up multiple days, that's when he checks on it and says, How come this isn't getting fixed? And sometimes it might have to go down and, you know, to really tear it apart and really have uh you know have the day shift look at it
4: i'll say one good thing about this fleet now is you don't got to worry about your truck going down because the next truck's just as good as yours used to be when a truck went down you dread it because you're like oh no which truck am i going to get but now it doesn't really matter which right. truck you step into
3: <laughs> right well they send you out in tnt every once in a while what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one one in a one in
4: a hundred chance to be yeah. all right. <laughs> right. No the beauty bad.
3: of it is though you do get sent out. I get that question asked a lot. You know, do you just go home or do you have work if your truck breaks down? I was like, No, we have a hundred trucks, we're gonna put you in another truck, you know, you're gonna run.
1: Yep. Before we move too much further in the shout outs, I wanted to bring up since we were talking about Mike Cisneros and the state troopers and DOT inspections. DOT is out. They've been setting up portables. They've been pulling people off I-25, and, I mean, it's that time of the year where we got to start thinking about that, make sure we got our our I's dotted and our T's crossed.
4: Definitely. I forget when that blitz is, but it's coming up, right? I think it's next week. Yeah, so locally they'll hit us harder either the week before or the week after. That Uh. blitz is, I don't want to say always, but in general, they hit the the over-the-rotors on those blitzes. But they'll come at us hard the week before, or the week week after. Yeah, you. I've noticed out. that year after year.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if Google says it, it's true. So, <laughs> all right, brother Dave and brother Jim wanted to give a shout out, um, and they titled this "Things are easy to overlook, but we are really proud of." So, Dave and Janet were at uh JR's dad's burial Saturday morning, and after the service. Janet had pointed out how close the JFW family is. Everyone was greeted with handshakes and big hugs, and the same thing when they left. Janet pointed out that she has worked with most of her teammates for over a decade, and they are not even close to the level of compassion or family feel like we have JFW. She's explained many times how hard she works at creating the family feel, supplying lunches, helping people, and so many other things like the family business Owens Brothers Concrete, she grew up in, used to do for their people. But no matter what she does, all the people there just feel this is a government job, and it just feels like there's no community whatsoever. She is so impressed by a little old JFW family and how it generates such a big family feeling. She even mentioned how when Manny Velasquez introduced his mom to them, she told us how she prays for us, JFW, every day. This was truly a blessing to hear and appreciate. Beanie mentioned this to Brother Jam, and it made both of them so proud and how much they appreciate the values and the family feelings we have tried to create with the incredible help from so many amazing people. So they said thank you to everybody that helps create this unique thing that you just don't get at many places anymore. And of course they signed it together. We are the JFW family. So
3: pretty badass. That is very special. special. Very, very special and feel very blessed to be a part of that.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're designed for community. You know, you just don't usually get it at work. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, there's a lot of life that happens here at JFW, good and bad. And, Boy, no you doubt. Know, we get to celebrate together and cry together and all of the above. So, Jimmy Villagrana sent me a text. He wanted to give a couple shout outs. He says, Good morning. Was sent out to, want to send out a shout out to the R23 Watch guys. They did an excellent job on my truck Monday night. Also wants to give a shout out for Joanne for always helping out and resolving issues. And signed it. Hope everyone has a great day and everyone listens to the podcast because we can tell the ones that don't listen to it.
4: (laughs) I heard his comment on the radio yesterday about something. I didn't hear what happened, but I heard him say that's why he listened to the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we can't make it mandatory. Jim brought this up couple of weeks ago we can't make it mandatory but it's mandatory like we used to have those uh safety meetings every single wednesday until covid
3: they and this, were mandatory
1: they were mandatory and they took time away from trucking and they were short we couldn't fit as much information in so it's important to listen rich you just started to listen and it sounds like you've been power listening
2: yeah i have uh you know i listened to the episode with albert fry and uh you know i was like hey i'm missing something here you know and uh just been kind of listening yesterday i think i i listened to three episodes and uh man it's just it's just great you know um the stuff that jim dave that like everybody just touches on in there's something that we did you know back in the meetings on wednesdays and uh right you know a lot of guys didn't like them you know they took time away from trucking but it's very important you know one it brings us back together you know unites us and two it's just there's a lot of important information a lot of uh Suggestions that we miss just a lot of material sure. that's covered in them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if, if you're a person and you want to hear this because you're not listening to the podcast, but if a person doesn't listen to the podcast and we're not having safety meetings, they're not hearing anything about safety at all.
4: Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, if you're not engaged, and then something happens, and you wonder why you weren't a part of it, well, there right. you go. If you're not exactly. engaged, you're not going to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rich, we actually did some. Uh, we were giving away money for a few weeks in a row, and we would call the last four digits of guys' drivers or girls' drivers license numbers, and there was a couple people who never got their money.
4: Cause it was horrible. They never called my number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a bummer. Well, no, I remember
1: we did pick Chris's number, and then we decided. Nah. It felt like it. it felt like it. Uh, there was one number that was mine,
3: just reversed, and I was like,
1: "Damn, it. dang it!" Yeah,
3: everybody knew too yeah. that we were, you know, calling out numbers and. Giving out money and so yeah, those people—it's
1: pretty, pretty good money too. It well, wasn't like they, ten bucks. It was didn't do the
3: problem is tipped. you know
4: you got the guys that would listen, fast forward and listen, fast forward, listen, to try to find the spot in the podcast.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, all we could do is our part and try. You yeah. know what I mean, See, if that, somebody's going to turn it on and just listen for the number to win fifty, hundred, a hundred fifty, whatever it was, then so be it. I guess. But
3: um, you know, the guys are just striving for. 10 to 12 hours a day why don't they just pop it on and listen for an hour or two and
1: i don't have the time
3: yeah i mean you have all day long
1: (laughs) Oh, that's funny all right dustin wanted to give a shout out to scooby casey and ken for installing the sprinkler system by the north entrance what an amazing job so glad that grass is finally getting some water
3: (laughs) yeah they were out there working on it yesterday yeah they were busting it no was it monday it was Monday. Yesterday. It was it yesterday?
1: Yeah. Yep. You guys got any shout outs for anybody?
4: No. Uh shout out to Dale for keeping us loaded over there at Arcosa, sending us to CMAX and I got nice in and out of there pretty quickly yesterday. Got six loads, so it's a good day.
1: Oh, that is a good day. We uh we get a report every morning <laughs> from CMAX with the weights and uh he's pretty consistent. They're all right around thirty tons, so Looks good.
3: Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Joanne and Ann and Amber, the A team upstairs. Capital J. <laughs> yeah, they're the J team, right? But anyway, uh those guys are are so helpful with the drivers uh, when they have Paycom questions, insurance questions. Uh they come to me a lot and I bet you they do you too Jim and I'm like I have no clue and I send them up to Joanne and Amber and Ann upstairs and, and uh, they get, get it handled and they're on it. They have the answers when it comes to all of those HR problems and they have all the solutions as well. And they do it joyfully. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, for thing. sure.
4: Joanne just answered the HR question for me yesterday.
1: So. Nice.
3: Yep. Good job. Excellent. All
1: right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast uh anne wanted to bring up calendar photos start getting your uh, photos in early and submit it for next year's 2024 jfw calendar it's time so check out the light and add creativity to photos of your beautiful and shiny trucks from your many destinations don't forget if you get chosen to be featured on a month you can win 100 bucks send pictures to ann's email and at jfwtrucking.com. Chris, did you get any pictures in any of the calendars?
4: No, not yet. I've sent a few pictures, but I have a tendency to have a dirty truck. Gotcha. <laughs> so I don't think they like the dirty trucks. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I always find I, myself on the muddy job site somehow.
3: I feel like I'm getting ripped off there. Because when I was driving every day, I would take tons of pictures of my truck. We didn't have a calendar. There was no place to send pictures of my truck, and now we have this calendar, and they're asking for pictures, and I don't have a truck.
1: TNT, you brought it up earlier before the podcast, TNT's out there.
3: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Go take that. I'll uh, hook it up to a trailer, raise the bed up, take a picture. There you go.
1: Uh, Did we have calendars when you were here before, Rich? Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, I
2: think we just kind of started them and stuff like that. Okay, uh, did you ever
1: get in on that?
2: I sent a few pictures in, but, yeah, like I said, I was always Dirty. running. I guess now, I, once I do get a truck, I just gonna have to drive around, look around for a, a, a good picture. Yeah. you got to wait
1: for uh, Erica's husband, James. He calls it the magic hour. There's just a certain time when the sun's, like, not setting, but right before that, like, the lighting's perfect. and Yeah. Definitely. It's I actually
4: sent a picture in a couple weeks ago to Ann. I said, here, maybe this will work this time. There you <laughs> go.
1: Well, maybe if you split the money with her, she'll pick you
4: maybe that'd
5: be
1: good All right. Uh, I wanted to bring up make sure you got your radios on your company radios on and if you're in some tight spaces here in the yard or you're backing or just around a lot of people roll down your windows you know if you don't have your company radio on and you can't hear people yelling at you from outside the truck you could be running something over or we could be trying to prevent an accident and you would never know it I know Super Dave you guys tell the story about um, Chuck Chuck what happened there
3: Well, he burned the truck down. (laughs) We were um, filling, we were building a bridge actually across Highway 36, and we were hauling the fill dirt for the foundation of the bridge. And uh, we were dumping under these power lines all day long. It was a Saturday, and uh, it was a good little run. We were coming down from Arcosa, what back then was called Trinity, um, with uh, the dirt. I don't know, you guys might have, were you here then? No, it was before me. Okay, well anyway. If you're thinking about it, you got, you know, 20 trucks delivering dirt, and it was a short run, probably only 20 minutes uh, each way. That's a lot of dirt we're hauling in there, and over the course of the afternoon, the the grade raised and raised and raised. Well, it's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and Chuck was dumping uh, in the same area he was dumping all day long, but it was that much higher, and his trailer caught the power lines, and they were... God, like 140,000 volts. I mean, it was a high-voltage line. And, um, you know, it got caught underneath his tarp bar on the nose of the trailer. And at that point, the pile of dirt was on the ground, so he couldn't put the trailer down at all. It, it couldn't roll back because the dirt was there, and he couldn't bring it down because the, the power line was underneath the tarp bar, and it was just stuck there. And um, the the all... All the tires blew out, wheels melted, cross members in the truck, the frame melted because they were aluminum, um, it was a bad deal. And yeah. we were all screaming at him, Chuck, stop, stop, stop. CB, company radio, everything, and he had them both turned off. Yep.
1: Those are just tools, tools for you to use, tools to hear if DOT set up, if there was accidents, mm-hmm. if there's a problem. Got to have that company radio on.
3: On top of that, we had to go to the the job site channel on the CB when we got there because there was scrapers, there was loaders, there was compactors. Mm. And we had to you know, tell them we were there, and they had to tell us where to go, and he didn't do that either. So, he, I mean, all the way around, he was dropping that ball and screwing up. Jacked up. Okay. When we went to fetch that truck the next day because – Power the fire department wouldn't touch it until the power company came in and shut the electricity off uh, Because you know, they couldn't spray anything on it because it would have conducted the electricity So anyway, the truck sat there for a good 20-30 minutes before the power company shut the power off And then they put put the fire out or put the truck out and then we just left it there It stayed there all night long and Sunday. We all came Jim Dave uh, Mikey and myself went back and uh, I was driving the lowboy to put the truck on the lowboy boy. Um, but the ground was still so hot to the wow. touch you could not hold your hand on it wow i mean you could touch it but it was it was just flipping hot the crazy. next day crazy yeah it was crazy were the
1: like tires still smoking and stuff was it still smoking
3: nah, nothing or? was smoking the next day no. but uh, no. that residual I mean it heat was still yeah in- it was melted and no. you know what was the coolest thing about that whole thing Mikey, we cut the frame in half, so the fuel didn't catch on fire, but the, the back of the truck was all melted, the, the tires, rear ends, all that stuff on the back half. He cut the frame in half. We got a rear back half of a tractor from a junkyard, and he welded it together, <laughs> and within a couple of weeks, the truck was trucking again. That's wow. crazy. Yep. Wow. It crazy. was crazy, yep. and it's still out trucking today, too. Nah. It's parks over there by... Uh, by old Dominion. Huh. Pulls the flatbed.
1: That's badass. Yeah. Uh speaking about paying attention and knowing what's going on around you. So we need to talk about mobile phone use. Okay. There is a FMCSA rule that says what Dave no talking, reaching there's one more. You want to talk about soup?
3: Yeah, I do. Uh dialing. Dialing.
1: You can't you mm-hmm. just can't use your phone. And then JFW has a zero tolerance policy to back that up. I mean, basically, if you're on the phone, your job is in jeopardy. Uh, that's not a threat; it's just the law. And we've been having a couple incidents recently where we have one guy. He actually was uh, leaving the yard, and he had his Johnny Bar set, and he was dragging his tires because he was plugging his phone in and trying to get the Bluetooth hooked up to the truck. Right again, didn't have a CB, didn't have his uh, company radio on. His windows were up and he was distracted and he drug his tires for probably about 20 or 30 yards. Right? With that same time, guys leaving a fuel aisle cuts it close to the tank and basically knocks a bollard out of the ground, rips all the concrete up. Same thing, he was doing something with his phone. He had put it down right as he started moving, but he wasn't fully paying attention to what he was doing. So. The phone's just the devil. I mean, it, it, it'll just jack so much up. And here we are talking about dragging tires and hitting a bollard, but what if it's a person? You know, the guy dragging his tires, you know, let's say you were somewhere where there's a little kid and you started dragging a kid, you know, you would have no idea because you're trying to get hooked up to the Bluetooth of the truck. So FMCS rule says it's illegal and there's a pretty hefty fine. Chris, do you know how much the fine is?
4: If I, I remember it was like started at 1500 or something, depending something like on that. the incident. And, yep. it, and it goes to the driver, and then it goes to the company, and right. it escalates. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: 1500 yeah, Even I think it's more than that. I think it's $2,500 to the driver and $11,000 to the company.
1: Yeah, that's insane amounts of money. But wow. compared to a human life, I mean, it's nothing, mm-hmm. right? But imagine that. You get, you get caught... With mobile phone usage by a state trooper or somebody, and that's 2500 bucks. I don't know who's on the other line, but it's probably not worth it.
3: Mm-hmm. You, know? Yeah. you know, I did an interview, uh, oh, I guess it was Wednesday. No, today's Wednesday, so I guess it was Monday. Um, and I loved it because we were talking about mobile phone usage and we were talking about our cameras, how if you use your phone, you pick up your phone, it's the worst uh, point. Um, You know penalty of anything Uh, speeding you know everything the worst thing that dings you is the mobile phone usage But he was he just said a point that was just fantastic. He said, you know, I've told my wife Don't text me. Please just call And I'll turn my Bluetooth on and we can talk about whatever you need to talk about But do not text me because I won't answer and and you know he was an over-the-road driver, so, I mean, if he's driving for the next four hours until he stops to, you know, eat or something, I mean, it's, you're, he, he's not going to answer back. It's not like he's pulling into a pit in 30 minutes right. like we are. But I, I just thought that was great. Listen, folks, tell your spouse or whoever, don't text. Just give you a call and use your Bluetooth. Yep. Yeah.
1: could always pull over, too. What do you guys do? How do you guys?
4: I'm guilty of stoplight texting. Okay. Stop sign. I mean I'll I'm on my phone quite a bit. I try to pay attention to everything, you know, but I don't know, it's just It's a bad habit for sure, but you know, you got to you just, just got to stay on the ball and pay mm-hmm. attention to everything else first, but but yeah, definitely I even in slow traffic sometimes I'll look down at the phone if I'm doing 5 miles an hour on I-25. Not that I should, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay <laughs> can't they <laughs> disable the phone uh is that a setting on the phone or is that right. a setting in the vehicle so
1: it's on the phone and you have control over that do you so No, you phone can put phone. a yeah you can put a do not disturb or something like that while you're driving but gotcha yeah i mean something still comes through to the phone and then you can still look at it i mean yeah rich yeah, what do you, you
2: do if your phone lights up i try not to i mean it's hard, too, um, but even, like, just phone calls, whether it's Bluetooth or not, you're just engaged in a phone call, right? and it distracts you, so I try not to be on the phone. Um, again, you know, I'll look, a dispatch or something while I'm in the pits, or, if, you know, a text message comes through. I mean, I got the, the Apple Watch, you know, I'll glance down real quick, you know, and then get back to it later, but um, again, I try to, you know, the job's dangerous without all the distractions, you know, and if you're just... You know, if you're down looking at your phone or engaged in a phone call, it just makes it yeah, uh, much so
3: harder. Yeah, so true, Rich. So, yeah, yep. just the job itself is dangerous. Throw in the phone, and it multiplies it by, shoot, you know, 10 times. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, they say drunk driving is better than texting and driving. Because if you're drunk and driving, yeah. you're at least looking up at the road. I've heard that. You know, yeah, definitely. if you're texting and driving, you're you're just not looking at all. Mm-hmm. So
3: I've heard, though, too, that just distracted driving causes more accidents than... Or maybe it was fatalities than drunk driving.
1: I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah,
3: yeah. I I'd mean, have to. I'd have to fact check that. I think there's
1: probably a lot more people out texting and driving than drinking and driving. Oh, buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean so,
3: nine out of ten cars have their phone in their lap. Yeah. You know, when you pull up to a stoplight and you look down, and sure enough, that guy's on the phone. You know, I think one Chris, of the
1: one of the yeah, big. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no. but
3: I'm not hitting anything either. So.
1: <laughs> I think one of the big things too is if you don't have a phone mount. Or a lot of guys, they'll keep the phone low because they don't want people seeing them texting and driving. So when you have the phone low, you're now looking down at your phone. At least if you had it up on a window mount or something, your head is up and you can see ahead of you. Mm -hmm. You know,
4: mine's up on the dash, and like I said, I mean, I'll admit I'm guilty. But if I'm you know doing one mile an hour, I'll reach over and turn the screen on and see if there's you know half the time there's a a text from dispatch or you name it, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm on the side where I can know how to do multiple things, so obviously you don't want to be going 50 down the road in traffic and texting, but if I'm barely moving, I...
3: I had a girl doing that to me on the way home last night. Um, she was driving this fancy, I don't know, it was an Acura or something anyway, so I, we were coming up to a stoplight on 287 by the hospital there. And I looked over, we were moving still, and she had both her hands, and she was flying, man. Both yeah. of those thumbs were going like crazy. And then we stopped, and we sat through the light, and then she was next to me on my right-hand side, and then the light changed, we started going. I looked over again as we were still going, as we started going, and she was still going at it, just as <laughs> fast as can be.
1: I mean, I, I do want to throw this out there, you know, especially because, Chris, it sounds like you're not condoning it, but... You're also saying that you can do both, right? I think there's people that can. There's been, I'm going to just throw this out there so everybody knows they have the information and you can make a good decision, right? There's been a couple times we had a guy up in Morton. He was texting and ran into the sand pile. He was fired when he got back. We had a guy on Tower Road, stopped, started texting, thought he could go, kind of ran up, onto a car and didn't yeah. realize he was on the car and then started pushing the car he was fired right so he
3: pushed I the car yeah like 20 feet yeah because he had know. to finish his text
1: yep so i would say you know i i wouldn't do it because when we see that and then we play the video back and you were distracted it's pretty much no-brainer for us what yeah. we got
3: to do well so. that dude lied about it too he well, said traffic always, came to a really quick stop, and he couldn't get stopped in time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, that was everyone. Not true.
1: Everyone lies about mobile phone usage. I mean, the guy that ran into the sand pile, he said he wasn't on the phone. Like nobody yeah. wants to admit that because they yeah. know.
4: Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. I mean, like I don't the, condone. It. I don't think you should do it. I'm just being honest and say it happens from time to time. What are the most
3: common things that people lie about: their weight, their age. Well, we'll before <laughs> i remember
2: that was the saying you know back when we kind of first started driving you know you see a car swerving you're like oh this guy must be drunk and nowadays right. it's He's oh they phone. must be on the phone and that. exactly you pull up and they're either like this or you know they're they're texting yeah, thumbs are going at it it's crazy yeah yeah
3: and
1: i heard you bring it up the other morning um you know we got text to talk now too right you know but to rich's point if you're engaged in a conversation you're not fully engaged paying attention to the road but at least if you text to talk, you know, you're not you're not staring at the phone, right. dialing.
3: You know, and you mentioned it a minute ago, Rich. That anything with the phone is a distraction. I've been on the phone with my wife and driven right by my exit, and been like, oh shoot. Yep. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's what, what I'm saying. I've done it too. And <laughs> like I said, I'm not
2: perfect either. You know, I look down. I do you know certain things. I'm not perfect either. But again, you know, I try not to. I just try to eliminate anything that can jeopardize just ruining my day, and, and that's that's something, man, is, is like you said, hitting somebody, coming up on somebody, or mm. sitting at a stop, you think you're stopped, your foot's releasing off that brake, and you're rolling, right. but you're not realizing it because you're looking down. Mm. I mean, that sucks. You know, yeah. that's a bad day right there. You roll into somebody, I mean, you yeah. got to sit there for, you know, and it just makes you look bad, you know what I mean, yeah. as a driver. So
1: Absolutely. If you're into production and, and making money, having an accident is not going to help you do that. Definitely. You know, plus you're going to miss out on your right quarterly safety bonus and,
3: yeah, we yeah. used to joke about that with speeding tickets too. Here you are speeding, and then you're in a hurry. You're late for work, whatever, and then you get it. You get pulled over, and boy, you're really late now.
2: Yep, definitely.
1: And you yep. got to
3: pay a fine on top of that. You yeah. get some more money out of your pocket. You
1: just defeated the whole purpose of speeding, or same thing with running heavy. You know what I mean? You're running heavy to make extra money. Then you get that big overweight ticket. How long is going to take? How many loads you got to haul to make up for that?
3: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's the the tortoise and the hare syndrome as well you know you see this car this truck going through traffic and hauling ass in the left lane changing lanes and then two miles down the road you're sitting at the same stoplight with that vehicle yeah definitely did it get you anywhere
4: no i had a truck passing me going on on the way up to fry this morning and uh i was doing the speed limit slightly above and he just had to get around me got in front of me then slowed down and never really got past 50 55 miles an hour like, the whole way up, I'm like, I guess he just wanted to be in front of me. I don't know. Never <laughs> want to be behind a big truck.
2: <laughs> yeah. Never.
4: Wanted, it was another big truck. Oh, there you yeah.
2: go. Uh, I right. don't
1: even want to be behind a big truck. <laughs> I
3: blame big trucks for everything. But. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> um, Do
3: you blame them for bringing that new uh, couch to your house or, or, you know, bring in your, you know, your food? And, that's why, why I bought course. a pickup, so I can go pick it up. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> uh, you'll pick everything
3: me up. Everything comes on a truck.
1: Another thing that could actually distract you is your CB radio. You know, if you're pulling on the scale, we had a couple couple incidents last week where we hit, we hit the scale, you know what I mean? And that's because one of one of the drivers I think was actually speaking on the CB radio to the scale house when he hit the scale. And then the other one wasn't, but pretty easy to get distracted and
3: Yeah, and we train people to not be on the CB when you're driving onto the scale attention to driving onto the scale they're very narrow you've got to make sure you're in the center and you know speak on the CB announce yourself before you pull on or after you've stopped and you're all the way on and my god the old gal at Morton she's not there anymore she doesn't work anymore I don't remember her name you guys remember her name she was there for years Shannon Shannon yes you'd, you'd announce yourself and then drive up on the scale and you'd be sitting there for about 15 seconds and then she'd say Who's on my scale? Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's a waste of time. Yeah. Right. That's funny.
1: What's the, key, what's the key to pulling on a scale safely? How you guys do it?
4: Uh, I always announce, you know, right before I get on a scale, I'll announce, you know, idling up the ramp. And then once I start on the scale, I just check my hood mirrors and everything, make sure I got equal space on either side, and just focus on that until I stop.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, one thing I like to do is stop before you get on the scale. That ensures that you're gonna, you know, go as slow as possible. Grab that low gear and idle up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit of the opposite. I don't try to get equal space. I try to get as close as I can to the driver's side, and I'll actually look out the window to see where my front tire is, and then I know I got enough room on the other side. Yeah,
4: I, I can see that, but also the reason I don't do that is. If you do happen to veer off to the left a little, you kind of lose the your bumpers on there. You're, mm-hmm. you're immediately going to hit something if you're or that your, close. Your I think lug covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I try to stay
2: right in the center. <laughs> Me too. Same here. I'm There's,
1: outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs>
2: especially if you climb back in your truck and you're one of those drivers that happens to grab on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. If you happen to pull that thing left and you're hugging that tight left, I mean, when you get going again, you're going to go left, and ah. you, you know. So
4: the, one thing I say from just. You know, doing it for a while. Going, to, I've been going to Fry since about '99 or 2000, and most of the scales up until recently all had little bumpers down low. You bump it with your steer tire, no big deal. You move to the side. Now they all got these rails that are almost door height. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand that. I wish we could petition these scale houses to uh, get rid of these huge rails.
3: shaw that is shaw regulation. Because I remember, oh, I don't remember what pit it was but they had the little bumpers like you say along the, down by your tires and then they had to install rails because yeah. M Shaw had just been in the week before and they rode them up for not it's having crazy. railings. Like,
4: like Fry with their new one on the house go they had the rails and they got they they're just laying flat now because guys yeah. keep hitting them. Yeah. It's just you know you got to say yeah you're a professional driver you shouldn't hit it but things happen and when you put things up to almost ensure that things are going to happen it's just, it's like people who put huge boulders around a curve because trucks keep running over the curve a little bit. It's like, okay, now they're going to run over the huge boulder and cause even more of a mess. Mm-hmm. Now you got three hours instead
3: of a little mm-hmm. dent in your grass. Yeah, I think speed is a big issue. Um, I know when that uh, driver hit the scale at LG Everest, he was going on the scale at 9 or 10 miles an hour. He didn't stop, but any time you're in these pits or plants... Even job sites, I mean, my goodness, you're making a maneuver. Just take it slow because if something happens, then you can stop. Or if, you know, the worst-case scenario, you hit something, and the damage won't be as bad. Yeah, definitely minimize. So speed is a big deal. You just got to go slow.
1: Yeah, speaking of damage, the truck that hit the scale the other day, just to give you uh, an idea of what that cost, parts alone, not including JFW time. Not including if we had to pay the scale, uh, the, the pit repair for, for, for their repairs. Just the parts for the truck was $8,600. Yeah,
4: that's crazy.
1: Wow. Yep, so a mistake that you made in a split second for a bad decision costs
3: $8,600. So that truck's not making a dime for the next two or three days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not a dime. And the shop was amazing. That truck... <laughs> it lost the rest of the day because we had to get a tow truck to get it off the scale and so forth. But they had that fixed overnight, and it was running the next day. Yep, Amazing. That was great. I saw the picture. Well, they had like, the wow. parts. That was yeah. amazing, too. <laughs> Kenworth had the parts.
2: And that's yeah. crazy that JFW covered that, you know, because there's a lot of companies. If you're at fault, man, that'll come out of your paycheck, you know, and that's, that's rough. I mean, I couldn't afford it. You know, there's not very many people that can replace a you know grill or anything like that Like that's
1: yeah i don't think we've ever made anybody pay for damages to their truck you know but to your point you know what if it was your car you know what if it was you yeah. know i know rich you had a you had a dually you know you were you were a hot shop for a while you know what if that was your your dually what would happen
2: yeah i mean it's either gonna <laughs> i'm gonna drive around with the banged up or you know it's gonna come out of the pockets again that's mm-hmm. that's you know that's savings that's money out you know, the top end. Yeah, that's 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 your profit, profit. you know, and there's a lot of guys that wouldn't make that mistake if that was their own personal vehicle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need to treat these trucks as if it's our own and, you know, just be careful, you know, like super Dave said, speed kills, you know, not only that, but if you're pulling onto a scale at that kind of speed, when you stop, that scale is going to rock, mm. you know, and that's going to take extra time for that thing to balance out, you know, get your weight, read your weight, or they can hit, enter while that thing's still fluctuating, and then you're going to rob yourself of some tonnage or, you know, but, again, that's not good for these scales to be sure. stopping on them. How, like that.
1: how else can we create ownership for people that, you know, make a, make a mistake and cause an accident like that? What can we do to make people more responsible for how do how do we make it affect them other than okay you're disqualified from your quarterly safety bonus which that's three to five hundred bucks you know for the quarter but is that impactful enough or what else can we do
2: i think that if i mean if that truck has to be down for a certain period of time a day or two i mean that driver should be out too you know you cause damage to that truck you know if it comes out of that driver's pocket as well as the companies you know that might teach people too you know i mean it's kind of like you know
1: Okay, so you're saying you have an accident on Tuesday, your truck's down the rest of the week. That driver doesn't have a job until the truck's fixed?
2: I mean, if it's kind of your fault, you know, I and mean, you could have been, it could have been prevented. Huh. I mean, how else do you learn? It's coming out of JFW's pocket. Right. You know, maybe it should come out of the driver's pocket, too. You know, I mean, you know, I understand accidents happen. Some things are preventable. Right. And most things are preventable. And if, you know, I, I mean, I'm just saying...
1: Like if you were gross negligent, I mean, if if there was gross negligence, we're probably going to terminate the driver. But you know, if you were negligent, you know, on the on the phone or did something stupid, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea. What do you think, Chris?
4: Yeah, I mean, if you had like a, I don't know, a scale of one to three, like how how egregious was the incident, you can make three maximum punishment suspension for however long. I mean, that would certainly get the attention of drivers. At at the same time just looking at it, it could also cause a driver that otherwise would have stayed quit. Sure. So I mean but if they're quitting then probably you don't want them to be here anyway. But at the same time that just wanted more driver to pick up.
1: Yeah, I see you know, what I, you're saying. So I mean we just kinda had this recently. A guy had an accident, caused I don't know, was that five thousand dollars?
3: Yeah, the, I'm pretty sure Mikey has told me the Kenworth grill is fifty five hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, so it caused thousands of dollars, and then gave notice. It's like, you know, we don't even have opportunity. We we've trained that driver. He's caused this damage. We don't even have opportunity to make that money back with that driver. You know, now, I now, think
4: sometimes drivers they. Uh, I don't know maybe they feel embarrassed they don't want to be around and receive any sort of ridicule later on right because they caused that damage yes it could be as simple as that I think but ownership. a lot of times yeah ownership or you know they they're like well they didn't give me you know they didn't give me enough time to explain myself whether you did or not it doesn't matter but in their view they did you right. or did not and they just take off because they
1: don't want to deal with it yeah you know, And if you have an accident here at JFW, you sit down in our safety committee meeting, which is comprised of you know other people that had accidents, a couple safety directors, but then also your peers. We always have drivers that are good, safe drivers in there. I know, Chris, you sat on the committee for a while. Were you ever on that committee, Rich? I was. you were been on that committee. And the first thing that we kicked the meeting off is you know the meeting is not about pointing figures or ridiculing. It's about becoming better and prevent this happening in the future with other drivers. So, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that if you have an accident to learn from your mistake and try to help spread the word to prevent it from happening with other people. I mean, what else, what else can we do?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, there's just that fine line between being careful and, you know, safe and trying to do your best and then having a, like, you know, oversight and having an accident, an honest mistake, you know. But then there's the different people, though, that are not careful. They're speeding all the time, or they're going, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. They just don't pay attention, or they're not careful they enough. Care less. And then they are just flat-out negligent, right? you know. And there's, there's that fine line in between there, and we have to decide, is this person a liability because he's negligent and – um not careful right jim yeah and then other people are you know i mean we've all had accidents we're human yeah you know like you said it's
2: all taking ownership of that you know i mean that's a good thing with the cameras now you know is you know like they're a tool you know they can help you know point us in the right direction on what's going on you know other than just getting the driver's side of it you know and facts don't lie and those videos don't lie you know so um I mean, I've I've been on the both ends of that. You know, I've been in the committees and I've had to explain an accident in the committee, and um, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing that you messed up, but it, more importantly, you you teach and you learn from your own mistakes. You know, and that it, it gets brought up in that. And I think even in the the old safety meetings we used to have, you know, you used to stand up. And we used to talk about it. You know, <laughs> oh, you used yeah. to have to explain in front of the whole company on what happened. And yeah, like I said, it's embarrassing, but more than anything, it's it, it's good because it teaches everybody not to make those same mistakes, you know, and and you got to think about that. Hey, is this something, while you're doing it, you're like, hey, is this something, if you're questioning it, is this something I would want to explain to everybody and, you know, in the whole meeting, you know, and if you you have to question it, it's probably not, you know, the right thing to Mm -hmm. do. So, you know, it kind of slows you down a little bit.
3: Yeah, in a way, Rich, it teaches you humility. It teaches you to be humble and to accept. Nobody likes defiance. You know, defiance is not respected. Right. But humility is. Definitely. The the
1: other thing to think about is, you know, let's say you hit a scale and you tore your step, right? And that's $3,000 and you're like, ah, it's no big deal, JFW, we got 102 trucks, they could afford it. Well, what if everybody did that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it adds up when you have an $8,000 mistake on a Monday and a $5,000 mistake on a Tuesday and, you know, a $500 mistake on a Wednesday. I mean, that adds up and that all comes out of the bottom line. That's not just money just hanging around plus we have a ten thousand dollar deductible for motor vehicle accidents you know so the first 10 grand if we're at fault comes out of our pocket you know it's not just insurance is going to take care of it ten thousand dollars is a lot of money if everybody had a ten thousand dollar accident we'd be we'd be out of business
4: and even still the more insurance does take care of that deductible might be fifteen twenty thousand dollars the next year so
1: or your, or your rate goes up. Yeah. You know?
2: So. Or you can't get insured. I mean, or that company might drop you, and then the next well, guy's going to say, you know.
3: You know, what if, and I don't know if anybody ever really thinks about this. I do because I know Jim and Dave very well. Right. I've worked for them for over 30 years. Right. What if we kept, kept having these negligent accidents over and over? Like, let's just say in one month we had 20 accidents. Right. What if Jim and Dave just decide one day, well, this is ridiculous. We're, we're going to go out of business. Right. We're going to throw in the towel. And I don't think anybody ever thinks about that. But at some point, they're going to look at the books and say, this isn't worth the headache anymore. Yep.
1: 150 people would be looking for a job all at the same time.
3: Yep. You know, and you know, I don't know how
1: the job market is right now, but there's not a whole lot of great driving jobs out no, there. No, the
3: economy is pretty slow. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking to a lot of people that are looking for jobs because their past job is uh, doesn't have enough work for them. So, yeah, sure, you might go get a job, but what if you're only working two days a week? You know, Ivan stopped by just yesterday, um, and, you know, he worked for us for a long time and went out and uh, bought his own truck. He's running flatbed, and he said, boy, the last couple months, uh, I think he's only working maybe two days a week wow. doing flatbed stuff.
4: Yeah, it's crazy. It's I mean, Rich knows firsthand. Recently, you know, it's it's tough out there. You can do everything right, and things still may not go in your favor.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, he said Omar
3: was the same way. Um, I can't even remember his last name. But anyway, hey, yeah, yep, and uh, he he's running his own truck as well. So nice. It's just pretty skinny out there right now, you know.
1: Yep. Crazy. What it all boils down to, brother Dave would be really happy right now is situational awareness, (laughs) right? So situational awareness is all the time. You can't practice situational awareness some of the time that defeats a purpose, right? So in the firearms community, there's actually color codes to situational awareness condition white. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but condition white, you are totally oblivious to your surroundings. You have no idea what's going on around you. You know, if you're watching a movie at home with your wife or your husband or your kids, you're going to be in condition white. You're focused on the movie, right? But when you leave your house, you automatically don't want to be in condition white anymore. But what is the act that you think you see in the public most of the time that puts people in condition white? I'll give you you a couple guesses. What do you see people doing out in public that would make them totally oblivious to their surroundings?
3: Like oh, on your phone. phone, yeah, phone, yeah, right, yeah.
1: No mobile phone use, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's videos you could can watch videos of people walking on their phone and like walking to a pole.
3: Oh, yeah, that right? gal got hit by light rail <coughs> downtown uh, yeah, a couple she, years ago. She was on a phone. She's paralyzed now. Yeah. Wow. Well,
1: so there you go. So the mobile phone use—it's not just driving big trucks. It, it's just all over the place all the time. There, there's a there. There was a thing that gangs, you know, mostly back east, were doing. It was called the knockout game. And the knockout game, these little thugs or big thugs, they would look for somebody that they think they think they can knock out in one punch, right? So who do you think they're going to knock out? Somebody with their, that, that's got their head up, they're paying attention to their surroundings, or somebody that's looking down at their phone? Who do you think they're going to pick? <laughs> they're going to pick the person on the phone, right? So it's not just driving trucks where you got to uh, be situation aware. It's anywhere. Condition yellow. I'm not going to go through all the color codes, but condition yellow is the next step up of, of situational awareness, and that's where you're relaxed but you're alert. You're paying attention to your surroundings, and that's where that's where we need to live when we're driving these trucks. Is condition yellow all the time? If the brakes are released and the truck is moving, you need to be in condition yellow, and that's it all the time.
4: Yeah, for sure, especially all the time but like at intersections and stuff you got to be right looking around everywhere no matter what (laughs) like even even if the light just turns green you're 100 yards away you know you have plenty of time to make the light i'm always looking
3: to the left and the right making sure there's no cross traffic or anything
4: that wasn't paying attention
3: so that i gotta tell a story that happened to me years ago Uh, i was in brighton in a downtown not on highway 85 i was in downtown um I don't know if it's Main Street. I think it is, actually. But I was making a left-hand turn across the intersection. It was a light, right? And uh, this girl, little kid, probably 12, 13 years old, was on her bicycle, and she didn't see the light it was changed or that and I was in big red. You know, this this old, you know, 379 Red Pete, just like all of our Red peats now. But anyway, long story short, she came cruising right out into that intersection, Right in front of me, wow. and I had this giant hood. I I lost sight of her. I slammed on the brakes. I had the green turn arrow, you know. But right. luckily, I saw it happen. And anyway, I got out of the truck, set my brake, got out of the truck in the middle of the road, and she was on the ground. Her bike. She she fell off her bike. Wow. Basically, I didn't hit her. Right, but it probably
1: looked like you did.
3: Well, I didn't know because I couldn't see her, you know. But yeah. she she got up and picked up her little bike. She had, you know, just like a, I don't know, not a fancy road bike or anything. It was no just a kid's bike. bike. But uh, that's like, crazy. Are you okay? And she was like, Yeah, I'm okay. And it scared the life out of me. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah,
1: I try to train my daughter when we're crossing the street. Just because you got that walk sign doesn't mean walk. Just because the sign says to yes. walk, like where I grew up in New York. That 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 green walk sign doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, like it's pe- like
4: they say back to the basics. Look both ways. <laughs> yeah, you gotta look
1: both ways, and you know, just because you got the the right of way, you don't want to be dead right. You know yeah, what
4: I mean? I just had an incident a couple of days ago. I was gonna actually get you to look it up on the camera, but I forgot. But the uh, I was coming off of um, twenty eighth there in Boulder, going to to baseline. There's a turn light, and I got the green light. I was rolling slow. And I saw this guy walking, and he didn't look like he was interested in stopping. So I started slowing down, and sure enough, he just walked across the two lanes. I hunked my horn at him, and he threw his hands up in the air like like I did something wrong for honking. I'm like, I got the green arrow. You're lucky I was was paying attention, or there wasn't somebody in the right lane next to me that came flying around because he would have been ran over. And he, you know, this was a college kid, you know, he just wasn't paying attention. He had no idea why I was hunking my horn. Yeah.
1: And it gets bad, too. I mean, you know, bicyclists and pedestrians, especially out, like, in Boulder, in Colorado, but, like, in Boulder where they know they have the right-of-way and they really want to make it a point that they, they want you to know they have the right-of-way. But I don't know. If you're in a big truck and I'm walking, you you could have the right-of-way. Yep, you know? yep. No doubt. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to prove a point. I just want to make it home to my wife and kids. Yeah, you know? But they do.
4: I've been. I've been running ninety three and uh, through Boulder a lot lately. And mm-hmm. the pedestrians up there, they just. They don't look. They just walk yeah. out yep. constantly. Cause they
3: have the right of way constantly. So I mean,
4: and really, they're they're jaywalking and they just walk right. I mean, there's plenty of pedestrian crossways there that they can use, and they they don't. They just cross the street wherever they feel.
1: tell you what i i do like the crosswalks with the strobes the yellow strobes that they hit and it's like you know you could tell like oh wow something's really going on here yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's just some people crossing the
3: street but i have to agree i think that works yeah Yeah, i do too yeah yeah Yeah,
4: yeah, i don't mind those at all but what i mind is they're walking in between those two and if they would have walked 50 more yards they could have safely went across but they don't care so you got to care you got to pay attention and not yeah. let their mistake affect you i mean you
1: can, can you imagine hitting a pedestrian i mean that'll change yeah, your life no. forever you know the we had not we but <laughs> there was an accident rich you weren't here but we were running this job out of um what is that off of plum creek castle rock plant 39 yeah plant 39 brandon had a mobile plant there and um we were leaving a plant and we caught a guy getting hit on his bicycle there's a ford dealership up the way they were test driving a Ford Raptor, and the guy ran a bicyclist over, killed him right in front of the truck. It was all on video, and wow. yeah, they, they,
4: yeah. I showed up like seconds after it happened.
1: Yeah, It was we crazy. Were, yeah. I was
4: stuck there for five hours because yeah.
1: big lawsuit. You know what I mean? Not against us, but against the Ford dealership. We were named, but we had to, you know, we had to provide all this proof that we had no involvement in the accident. We just filmed it, and then, uh, you know. The sad thing is, is that guy was a husband. He had two young twin daughters, like two or three years old, you know, a, a wife, like their lives are changed forever, you know, because somebody wasn't paying attention.
3: Yeah. Going too and fast. so was the driver of the truck. His, yeah. He was, he was a mechanic. He was a mechanic. 19 he, years old, I think. Yep. From yeah. Pueblo. Yeah. He yep. was
4: freaked out. He was trying to give that guy uh CPR. CPR and everything. I mean, he least he didn't hit it wasn't a hit and run at least right. he he owned up well at the time you know he didn't try to take off sure and he tried to revive the guy it was just too too much of an impact i guess there's no there was no reviving him. but yeah i had, i didn't hear anything afterwards to the effect of lawsuits or anything but it was oh, yeah. it was it's, a pretty
1: they're
3: they're ongoing <laughs>
4: yeah, pretty messed up scene it's a big
1: one it's a big one so yeah that kid's life has changed forever too and you know it's, it's just a shame and it's you know, you got to take driving motor vehicles serious. I mean, whether it's a car or a truck, you can end the life pretty easily, you know, by definitely. not paying attention. So,
2: yeah, there's a lot of people out there that take unnecessary risks. You know, they think they're safe in the car or a truck or whatever and
3: Yeah, they they're in their little cocoon, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so they don't they just think they're invincible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just
4: yesterday in, in Boulder, I was almost down to 66 and a car comes flying around me on the right-hand shoulder. It's like 6:20 in the morning. And, uh, just oblivious to, cause it was on a curve. There could have been a bicyclist in the shoulder right there mm. that he wouldn't have seen because he was behind me wow. until the last second. And what would he do? He would hit his brakes, probably swerve into me. I run him over. Right. You know, there's so many things that can go wrong, yep. but he didn't want to pass in the left lane. It was a double yellow. Yep. So he passed on the shoulder and, wow. you know, so many things could have went wrong that didn't thankfully, but, yep. you know, and I, you know, I'm looking ahead. I'm look to the right, look to the left. It's a two lane you're not always looking on the right shoulder we're wondering if cars gonna pass you right so i hear this noise and the last second this car went flying by me on the right i was like
3: they have a name man. for that the shoulder huh. <laughs> it's called the bonus lane, the bonus the bonus lane. lane.
1: <laughs> uh, oh man i need to run downstairs and grab uh the safety stats from last month but i do want to kick off the discussion of uh the out-of-town drivers if you're an out-of-town driver running an eld we prepared a letter for you uh, if you get pulled over for an inspection what the letter does is because we are on a short haul exception during the week or during the week during most of the time when you're driving locally but then you switch to an eld you can't certify your logs because if you certify your logs you know and you're running the eld you're actually running two different log books technically right. That's illegal. And that's illegal. So we have a we have an email from the FMCSA saying no, you don't have to certify those logs. But also I typed up a letter explaining we're on a short haul exception most of the time. So if you're going out of town you gotta be aware of this letter. You gotta be able to be a ambassador for yourself and be able to not argue but you know explain yourself to what's going on. We've made it easy by providing you a letter. We had a driver go out of town last week, got pulled over. They wrote him for not certifying his logs. He never even showed him the letter, right? So (laughs) then I asked him to show him the letter. Well, I can't find the letter. So if you're going out of town, it's super important that you have this information and you're able to actually articulate what's going on and why you're out of town and not certifying your logs and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, you have to be an advocate for yourself, right? <clears throat> and I mean, my experience because I'm not an over-the-road driver, never was in my whole career. And when you are out of state, you know, I remember when we were running that lightweight down in New Mexico, or we were running Chipsie out to Kansas. You're kind of a target when you go through that Kansas port. They know us at, in Monument. They know us in Fort Morgan. They know us up in Downey, Downeyville. Um, those are our home ports, so to speak. They know JFW. We have 20 trucks a day going through those ports. Boy, you go out to Kansas and you show up out there, you're kind of, uh, out of a fish out of water, so to speak. And you really have to be on your game. You know, you have to know their state's rules. Um, you know, the axle weights are a big deal because Colorado's axle weights are 36,000 on a set of tandems, right? Yeah what are Utah's 34 34 okay what are Wyoming's don't know 34 (laughs) I think no 36 they are 36 so Colorado Wyoming are 36 okay we're we're the anomalies Kansas is 34 New Mexico is 34 Utah is 34 all these other states are 34,000 on your tandems and being the out-of-state guy are they going to give you a 5 or 600 pounds leeway on that? Hell no. They're going to write you up. That's easy money for them. And man. also it doesn't come up locally
4: is the bridge length or bridge law cuz if you got a shorter trailer and you go through the Wyoming port mm-hmm. suddenly your gross should only be like 77,000 not 80,000 because of the length of your absolutely. overall truck from what is it? center axle of the stair to the mm-hmm. center of the rear. And uh there's I I remember I forget who it was, but we had drivers that had to shovel out their trailers because they were over that, they, were, they weren't over 80, but they were over whatever their
2: gross should have been right. for their bridge. Oh, yeah, because they had the shorter trailers. Yeah, I we, know, uh, they
3: do. I mean, we were hauling riprap up to uh, Casper, Wyoming, actually, and the driver that was going through the port up there, we used to, and we don't have any of them anything like this, but we had 32-foot Fruhoff trailers, rock trailers. And uh, so he was perfectly legal for Colorado, 79-something. I think he only 78-something, something like that. But anyway, he was stuck at the Cheyenne port because he had a 32-foot rock trailer. And I got chosen. I was, I was thrilled. I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to Casper today. <laughs> Until I got to the port and found out we had to throw 8,000 pounds of 12-inch rocks into my trailer. Yikes. It took us like two and a half, three hours to do that. We got up to Cheyenne, or excuse me, Casper. I think it was seven thirty at night. We didn't get back to Denver to the yard here until twelve thirty that night. But we were there throwing eight thousand pounds of of twelve inch rocks. You know, it was uh, they were actually they were out of Castle Rock, the uh, rhyolite that they used to mine down there. I don't sure. think. I don't even know if that pit's still open anymore, but pretty decorative, decorative rock anyway. But so you got to pay attention to all yeah, that. The bridge the laws, state. the yeah, the the different acts yeah, weights. When you're weights. going out of
4: town, it's a whole nother deal because it's unfamiliar
3: territory for most. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and you're pretty much guaranteed to have to go into port.
3: Oh yeah, they're going to call yeah. you in, look at all your permits, yep. you know, all of that stuff, yep. and they're going to ask you for your logbook.
4: Yep. And we've even had drivers get ticketed. Uh, I forget if it was a ticket or a warning. It was a, some sort of a write-up because they had a loose can of whatever in their on their on their deck plate because everything's supposed to be strapped down.
1: Oh, so they like had a mill carton?
4: Yeah, something along some those lines. Gotcha. And it wasn't pro- And when they say properly secured, they
3: don't mean bungee. <laughs> Bungees are not an approved tie-down yeah, device. You have to like That's my flex and stuff exactly. on my
4: deck plate with my shovel and my broom. I have a ratcheting strap that I ratchet mm-hmm. it down all the time because I've been told verbally at the Lyman Port, he's like, you know, I can write you a ticket for that. Those bungees aren't a pre-, like he was being a, you know, an a-hole, but I was like, all right, I fixed that problem. I got it. I've had a ratchet every <laughs> you time.
3: You have, <laughs> haven't you, Chris?
1: Huh. Yep, that's cool. Interesting.
4: A lot of guys, I think, and it's funny too because whenever somebody used my truck. I don't think people know how to use ratchet straps because I'll come back yeah. and the shovel and the broom's all loose. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> They're like, this ain't a bungee. I can't do
1: that.
5: <laughs>
1: uh, it's funny. They could be tricky if you don't know how to use them. Uh, you know, if you start, if you don't take the slack out and you start tightening them down, I mean, you're never going to get them tight. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, did you cover the 34000 out of town? Cool. Mm-hmm,
3: sure did. <coughs> well, And, so, and I, I also, I'm going to repeat this too. Don't just assume that they're going to give you a few hundred pounds right, break. Right. Because they don't. Back in the day, they did. You know, 20 years ago, they did. They'd let you go 800 pounds over. The rule was 10%. Huh. And not anymore. They'll write you a ticket for 300 pounds. And also, you, you can't assume, like if you go from here to St. George and
4: deliver to you know whatever tile company out there that that occasionally we deliver lightweight to there's no utah ports at least there wasn't that you go through even though they're scaled you know you can't be over 34 pe- people get the hit in their head well i'm not going to go through a port so they don't care if they're 345 or 35 cuz they feel safe but that's when you get in trouble cuz you never know when you know some is going to decide like hey I'm, I'm bored let me see what this truck's doing you know mm-hmm and or and to that point just coming down i-25 from firestone or something nine times out of ten you know you're going to be fine but if you get that one uh trooper or denver cop that decides he wants to grab you and you're
3: 83 instead of 79 8. Mm-hmm. you know yeah another point i'd like to make is don't push the limit you know if you are 35 900 on your drives <laughs> and you're nine nine. 9 you could go roll right into that port and that scale is calibrated a little differently and all of a sudden you're over four hundred pounds and you're gonna get a ticket. You you could show him your scale ticket all day long and he won't care. Yeah. He's yeah, definitely say, give yourself leeway. I always yeah, Absolutely.
4: Say, I mean, in the wintertime you wanna give yourself at least a thousand pound leeway. Mm-hmm. Fortunately we're going in the summer if you don't have the build up, but hey, if if you're on a muddy job site, that mud builds up and it, it starts counting. It's you know it it starts counting, so you gotta be aware, as Brother Dave would say, situational awareness, <laughs> Brother but Dave, you are here <laughs> all the little all those little things they they will count at some point, you might have been getting away with this or that, but at some point it's gonna bite you, so. Definitely got to pay attention to this
2: Yeah, especially now. I know this week we're expecting a lot of rain. You know, and you get these coors loads. If you're, you know, a guy preloading that night and you're pushing that eighty thousand limit, we get rain overnight. S-
3: sits there and rain all yeah, night long. Yeah, that grain's
2: gonna that grain's gonna soak up some moisture. The sand, sure. everything soaks mm-hmm. up. So when you're pushing them limits and you're preloaded, you got to be mm-hmm. careful. Good point. I,
4: and one more quick thing is, if you didn't, if you get a preload at four in the evening and you go and fuel. Suddenly, you're five, six, seven hundred pounds heavier than you were. So, you got to know all of these. You got to know it's not a lot, but it is because if you're not thinking about these little things, then they can bite you.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying I've had to go through this or not, but when you're hoping you burn off enough fuel to make it to the port. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean
4: i've like, been there well, i mean just think yeah. about it from here to fort morgan is what 70 miles okay if you're burning you know six miles to the, the gallon you divide that you've got maybe 65 to 80 pounds you've lost if you're right. 500 over yeah. you're nowhere near <laughs>
1: exactly
2: <laughs> yeah and i've been in a port i think up in dumont one winter we were hauling slicer up there and i pulled in and it was my fault i didn't scale out my trailer uh when i was leaving so when I hit the port, I was eight hundred pounds over axle, and she made me shovel that forward. So oh, I was there yeah. shoveling eight hundred pounds. We'll let you pounds. leave. Yep, yeah. I had to clear the scale again, and mm-hmm. there we go. You can pretty much you count. I luckily got a warning, but she said I'm going to make you shovel it forward.
4: I've oh. seen it many times where they make you shovel it forward, and they give you the ticket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: no, I've been there before. And just but. so you
1: know, Rich Rich is in shape, and he could shovel eight hundred pounds. Some of you guys, <laughs> I don't want to do it. It's going to be It's going to be tough for you. Yeah
3: figure seven and a half pounds for a one gallon of diesel that's okay. that's a good round when i was hauling fuel at the refinery over there Suncor, your scale ticket or your weight ticket at the end would actually make an account for the temperature of the fuel going into your trailer and sometimes it would come out of the refinery at like 90 degrees mm. And that is going to be on the light side of about seven pounds a gallon. And then on the heavy side, about eight pounds a gallon. Yeah.
1: To Chris's point, most of our trucks, I think, average 67 gallons a day. I think is the number BD came up with. Times that seven and a half is 502 pounds. So you were exactly right.
3: Yeah. From the beginning of the day to the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, and but if you if you do three trips to fair Play,
4: you know, and you ran five six hundred miles instead of four hundred and fifty five hundred miles, mm-hmm. you know it just it it like I said, it can bite you all these small numbers add
1: up, so yeah, just gotta pay attention all the time to everything
3: Situational awareness yep <clears throat>
1: all right, welcome back to Rich Trujillo. This is his first time on the podcast, but is his second appearance at j f w, Rich, you were what three days away from five years when you were here
2: something pretty close yeah
1: yeah i think you were like right there you were a five-year vet and then you've been gone for almost five years so why don't you tell people how you ended up at jfw the first time and what you've been doing for the last five years
2: yeah so um yeah pretty much uh just was in a different time of my life and uh came into some money just sold a house and i've always been uh, around big trucks i just Never had my license. You know, I loaded them for years, um, drove them around yards and stuff like that. And I ended up selling the house and decided to put myself through uh, truck driving school. You know, I want to learn the right way. And, uh, yeah, um, went through truck driving school about a month and then uh, just started applying, you know, once I graduated. And I was lucky enough to uh, apply to JFW and uh, did an interview with Super Dave and uh, did a test drive with him and – just you know like i said it was blessed um uh, and super dave just you know he he gave me a shot he gave me the opportunity you know said that we typically don't hire guys straight out of driving school you know and complimented me on my driving and uh decided to give me a shot and uh i'm thankful for that cuz there was a lot of companies that i was interviewing for and they wouldn't give me the time of day right. you know they're like we just can't insurance doesn't like us to hire new drivers and stuff like that and uh um even though i drove well for them um still didn't give me an opportunity but uh, jfw was the the company that there was a couple other companies that were in the running you know that offered me an opportunity but just something just felt right here with jfw you know my interview with super Dave went really well um i still remember you know the test drive and just how how super Dave was impressed with my driving you know and uh ended up taking the job and um just had a great opportunity here you know i came into JFW, and we had a lot of veterans here. You know, I think uh, I think Chris was probably one of the newer guys and still had probably like a, almost a year um, when I came in and just had the opportunity to truck with a lot of great guys. Um, you know, Stingray's still here. He was one of them. You know, Showtime. You know, we had Mr. Ed back then, huh. um, Captain Ron, you know, Pat, Double D, you know, a lot of drivers that had been here for a while that I was able to truck with and, and learn who helped, grew me into the the driver I am today, you know? Um, like I said, I started here with no experience, but by the time I left that five years, man, I felt like I had been driving for my whole life. Right. Just so much I learned from from everybody. Um, just a great opportunity, and and still to this day, you know, um, I hear a lot of guys offering some help out there, which is very important to, to new guys, you know, new into driving. New in the industry and just new to the company, you know, that's one thing that was so welcoming and inviting here is the JFWA, you know, the JFW family. It's always been a great, like, uh, family environment, you know. They put the, the team first. They put all the individuals first, and that's what made me feel so at home here, and that's kind of what brought me back, you know, is, is, is that. But um, the only reason why I did leave is is to start my own business, mm-hmm. you know. I did that for about three years unfortunately didn't survive because of covid but um you know again it it turned me into a better business owner and a better um owner operator of my own you know just being with jfw you know everything that i learned here i applied to my own business everything that i learned from jim and dave i try to apply that you know again i did very well first two years um third year covid came around and uh just couldn't survive um
1: yeah and we we've always you know somebody's gonna go better themselves and start a business i mean we've given a lot of people our blessing to go to go buy a truck or you you bought a dually and a hot shot and you know you were doing that for a while but there's been a lot of guys that have gone out and bought trucks you know unfortunately some of them don't make it and they've come back some of them don't make it they don't come back and there's a couple guys that you know make it but at the end of the day you know when when you leave the right way and you don't burn a bridge and you want to come back I mean, we, we'll will we'll welcome you like we did for you, Rich, you know?
2: Yeah, so. definitely. Like I said, I was, I mean, my driving career was born here. I was raised here. This is my home, you know? And the right. dog always finds his way home, you know? And I just didn't want to drive for anybody else, you know? I I just know where my home is, and my home here is with JFW, you know, with, with the family, you know, Jim and Dave Um, have always supported me, Super Dave, and you know, I've always had the support, and, I just wanted to come back to that, you know, cause I had a couple of bad jobs in between and, sure. you know, uh, companies that don't really truly care about you. You're just another, you know, an individual, but you know, that's one thing that's special about JFW is that they're always so welcoming They make people feel at home and, you know, truly do care, you know, all the things that, you know, are, that are being discussed on the podcast. It's all because they actually care. You know, there's not a lot of other companies out there that, that care that much to go out of their way. And, you know, take time out of the day to to talk about safety, I talk about just improving, sure. you know, and that's what makes JFW so great is that Jim and Dave, uh, Super Dave, everybody that's involved here, the owners, you know, they care. I've never, I've worked for dozens of companies where I never even knew who ran the facility <laughs> right. or who owned it or anything like that here. I mean, you know, you wouldn't even think that Jim and Dave are owners, you know, you'd think that they're just fellow drivers, you know, sure. because they actually care. And it's not just about their own, it's about you, it's about making you better, making us all better, um, doing the right thing and and representing not just JFW, but ourselves, you know, all our trucks are individually numbered and stuff like that. So anybody can call in and say something good or bad about that truck number, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Uh, When you think you're, oh, you know, they don't know who's in here. It's just another red truck. No, some people do pay attention to them numbers. And, you know, they'll call in with a compliment or they'll call in to say something nasty about, you know, the way you're driving or something like that. And I don't want to be on the the bad end of that call, you know.
1: Yeah, not only that, but uh, we know who's in the trucks. I remember when I was a driver, you know, Brother Dave came up and asked me if I, you know, if I wanted to. I mean, basically the conversation was like, hey, you've been doing a pretty good job here. You know, do you want to do this bulk run? It's when we first started the Craig run. And I was just like, this guy knows what kind of job I've been doing. You know, <laughs> Super Dave last, he's like, that's because I told him. You know what I mean? But we do pay attention. I mean, all the safety directors, I mean, we're very, we, we definitely have our finger on the pulse of what's going on around here, who's doing good and who's not. So, very good point. What's it been like since you've been back, Rich? What's it been, two weeks?
2: Yeah, it's been about two weeks now. Um, it's just, you know, it's good to know that as far as the company and the mentality of the company has not changed, you know, we're all still striving to be better and to push forward to get better and keep on learning. Um, you know, I one of the things I was kind of iffy about was the whole camera system, you know, stuff like uh-huh. that, having, you know, the dash cams, the in-cap cams and stuff like that. But, again, man, it's just a tool to make us all better, you know. It was a little frustrating to have the camera <laughs> you know, beeping at you or saying, you know, slow down. Talking or, to you. Yeah, you know, but again, man, now it's just like I don't even want to hear the thing. So I'm just improving my driving skills by just laying off doing what I normally do. You nice. know. And uh it's 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 great, you know. Um I don't know all the drivers here, you know, but just from the chatter right I hear on the company radio and the in the pits and you know, you still got drivers helping each other out, which is awesome. You know, we ain't lost that brotherhood here um and and th- that's something that's such uh it's an invitation to new people is you know the the family vibe you get here the welcoming um and just the helpful tips that people try to give you you know I do not know the driver's name but you know I parked I drove a the truck yesterday had to park in the red lot and he was out there you know I'm not used to backing into those spots it's pretty tight over there and <laughs> I give these great. I give these drivers you know kudos man major props to you guys you guys do it on a daily and you guys make it seem easy, but, you know, for someone that hasn't been in a truck for a while, it was kind of tough. But this driver hopped out, you know, um, shout out to 0061, not sure um, his name. But uh, he was out there guiding me, man, and I appreciate nice. the help. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just great to have somebody help you out.
1: I'd like, like to hear that, you know, it feels the same to you because we've actually, I mean, exactly, well, we've doubled the fleet. We were about 50 trucks, 52 trucks.
2: I think we're at fifty-two double fifty-two yeah. was probably the yeah. highest number. The, the we had got those other trucks too. I think we were like fifty-eight or fifty-nine because I think okay. Rosario was in fifty-seven. He was and okay. Omar was oh, 59. those
4: uh, those temporary trucks, I like, got. Oh. Yeah, like TNT style. <laughs> yeah,
2: they like bought them because they yeah.
3: needed a bunch of trucks right away. Yeah, gotcha. with the intention of getting rid of them as soon as possible. So yeah. we had those ones, but it's what still. it felt like anyway? The Beelman trucks. Yeah, we yeah. had them for like five years. <laughs>
4: no, no, the the other ones. They weren't here that long, were they? The the long nose. So the, the uh, one?
3: Fitzgerald, the glider kits. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but the, okay. not
4: when uh, the ones he's talking about. They were the ten speed sort of long nose. Half of them came. They didn't have a passenger seat.
3: Yeah, those are the Beelman trucks. Uh, yeah,
4: because okay. I I just remember TNT. Them, yeah, I just TNT. remember they needed the, yeah that one. They needed the ten trucks right away because we picked up the fair play job.
1: Yeah. Oh, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, so we went from fifty nine, or it would probably be fifty seven you know, even if it was 0059 to 102. So just about doubled. So for you to feel that same family feel, I mean, I, I like hearing that. That says a lot about all mm-hmm. culture.
3: Yeah, I got to uh, give a shout-out to George. That was George Potkeeter in 0061. Oh, nice. Yeah, definitely, George. Appreciate you, <laughs> He's a brother. wonderful yeah. guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And I, I appreciate it. Like I said, you know, I've been out of truck for a while. I haven't drove in a couple of years, but, you know, it's all coming back to me. So you guys are – you know just be patient with me man i'll I'll get it down uh, but i appreciate the help appreciate the tips and uh just appreciate the brotherhood that's still going on out here um that's just that's a jfwa you know togetherness um that you know and it's all comes down from jim and dave you know it's a brotherhood you know they're strong brothers and they, they pass it on down to us so it's, it's it's good to have such a strong bond and brotherhood here
1: what uh what are some of the biggest changes you've noticed i know you mentioned the cameras but you've mentioned some things that are the same, but what, what's, what, what made you kind of raise an eyebrow? Like, wow, this is different.
2: <laughs> um, it's more or less, you know, just the business, man. I mean, we're, we're out there, we're running everything. we got our hands in everything, you know, and that, again, that's, you know, kudos to, to the whites, you know, they, they put their hands in everything. They've, they've built those relationships with customers and they got us, you know, they got us running all over. They got us busy. And, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, everybody says they see our trucks everywhere. I mean, we're everywhere. Um, so that's just that's you know we only did certain jobs throughout the time of the you know certain seasons of the the year but uh i mean man it's just we're we're hauling to so many different places so many different pits um yeah it's just like everywhere you look you know there's a, there's another truck rolling in behind you and that's awesome you know we used to have a little bit more of a delay between piles and stuff like that but you know we're, we're rolling in one after another and you know it's 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 a lot.
1: We're moving some material, that's Definitely. For sure. I was
4: going to say, the last time you were here, shortly before you left, you started, uh, had more of a leadership role. You were doing, uh, we were doing driver breakfast and interviews and discussing what drivers would like as far as benefits go. And I know you were a big part of that, and I tried to be with Jim and But uh, you would, I just want to say you can't really question Rich's sincerity and everything about this because uh you, you did a good job helping out in that and i was just wondering uh when you got your eyes on the benefits we have now compared to when you left like that that had to have been a big shock or a big surprise something that really brought you back too i would say
2: yeah definitely and one of them is is the saturday rotation you know we used to work every saturday um so that was kind of one of the things i was kind of pushing for too you know when we left you know a lot of drivers were kind of getting burnt out on working every saturday but uh to see that that kind of came into play now and we're rotating saturdays and and things like that that's that's awesome you know um that just goes to show that the company does listen to to you know the driver's opinions you know opinions yeah. do matter and um you know you got to keep speaking up and you know if there's improvements that you know can be brought up or something like that you know that's something that again kudos to Jim and Dave that they work on you know they don't just look at you know what can benefit them but what can benefit everybody as a whole um you know and that that's that's a good thing um, so
1: yeah i would say the things that are different what chris mentioned is you know the rotating Saturdays the robust PTO program you know you went from uh well you getting a week a week until 5 years and then mm-hmm. two weeks yeah. after 5 years right yeah two weeks after 5 years Two two weeks after 5 years now you, you walk in the door you're going to get 12 days you know potentially plus six paid holidays for a total of 18 pay days off um now we're not doing uh, we're doing your daily average for the pto days and the holiday pay uh, i know the 401k is is up on the match and then um a four percent four percent increase on, on the base pay you know the base was 27 when you left the base is 31 now and then um the friday saturday bumps went up two percent as well so
4: yeah, I love yeah. the Friday and Saturday bumps now. Yeah.
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, that was something, too. You know, guys were just working Saturdays at normal pay rate, you know.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Um, the pay went up, definitely, because I think when I first started, I mean, you guys started, JFW started drivers at, like, 25%, yeah, maybe. that's what I
4: started at, 25 <laughs> And
2: then, like, it started going up, you know, 27 And I think when I left, their new drivers were starting at, like, 29%. You know, and then we just started that. That program where if you work on Saturday, you get paid more on Friday. I uh-huh. be Friday you got paid more regardless, but right. if you work Saturday and went up, then it went more. up again on Saturday. So that's, right. you know, that's awesome. You know, right. there's a lot of again, a lot of companies that don't give you those incentives. Yeah. With
4: all those, I liked the. My favorite is the your daily average for your vacation and PTO time. Right. I mean, I really pushed for that with Jam when he yeah. first came back, and it's just such a a stress reliever because it used to be. You would uh, you'd want your vacation, but you'd know when you come back from vacation, you'd be behind because mm-hmm. you'd only get 40 hours when you're normally, your pay would be more equal to 60
2: hours. Right. So having that daily average pay is awesome. Yep. Yeah, I do remember that. It was almost like, yeah, it wasn't a Wait, blessing but, to take vacation because you know you're going to be yeah. you know, making less. So. Yeah, it hurt.
1: It hurt to
3: take a yeah, vacation. Definitely. Unless you were going to do it in, like, December.
2: That's when I always say mine for it was <laughs> yeah. December. I was like, I can make up yeah. for it in the summer, but right. December.
4: Yeah, and that that was that's not even a thing on JFW. It's just kind of industry standards mm-hmm, back right. then. But yeah. uh, it's, it's gotten better. I think JFW is forcing other companies to get better as well because they're, they're not as good, but other companies are starting to put out they're gonna have to be
1: competitive why would you want to go work somewhere where it's going to hurt you to take a vacation where you could go somewhere where you're going to get paid paid what you're worth you know what i mean so yeah the daily average is big and i mean the key to making money here is show up every day be on time and you know that just compounds because everything's based on your daily
3: average you know what i mean Mm. your your
1: safety your safety bonus your daily average for a vacation stuff like that so
3: yeah, I yep. think you nailed it right there, Jim. The key to to doing well here is your consistency. Yep. To be here every day, be on time. That is such a big deal. When you roll in here a quarter to six, you've lost a load. Yep. You know, be on time and be be regular, be consistent, and then plan your time off. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Yep. Rich, any
1: advice for new guys just starting out in this industry?
2: no just uh just hang in there I, and i just remember my my first day because i almost quit you know i was training with super dave and uh you know being a brand new driver so not only learning how to do end dumping but i was learning how to drive at the same time and uh you know kind of was pushed. i yelling at you you did yell at me <laughs> <laughs> you did yell at me and i was like man is this how they treat their guys you know and i almost quit that was my first day i almost Damn, quit. i didn't know i was you so know? mean <laughs> I think I stressed y'all a little bit. Like I said, I was learning how to do the job and learning how to drive at the same time. So Well, um, thank you
1: for your grit. What did, what did he yell at you for?
2: I just was in the wrong gear. It was the old yeah. plant one. I was turning, mm-hmm. I think it was from Washington, into the plant. It was kind of a, a hill. And I was just in too high of a gear, so the truck started hopping and he's like, What are you doing? you know. I'm like, Oh shit, <laughs> you know, and I just, you know, slammed on the brakes and he's like, Don't do that. Get into the right gear. And I just cause I was downshifting <laughs> And I didn't shift it into the gear that right. I needed to be for the green light, you know, so <laughs> I was in, I think, I don't know, third or fourth gear or something and try to take off in that gear. And, but again, you know, it's just, it's just be patient, you know, yeah. not every day's bad, you know, um, just keep your head on the swivel, you know, throughout the whole company and, and just be patient because it's really a good place to work for, right. you know, it's going to have its up and downs, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but it's. You know, showing your grit and getting through those bad days. You know, and like it. just hanging in there, getting an opportunity. You know, give the give the company a chance. Like the company's giving you a chance and hiring you, they're taking a chance on you. You got to take a chance on the company and get to know them, get to know some of the drivers, and um, like I said, just have that grit, man, and uh, have that drive to just get better and and, and learn, because um, every day's a, a, a different opportunity here at JFW. Um, you know. You're not always going to be on plant work. You're going to, you know, eventually be working up to them to more difficult loads. You know, Coors, um, the golf course loads, um, just all the challenging jobs that are out there. Uh, I think I pretty much ran all of them, um, you know, but it, it takes time to work up to that. And eventually, you know, everybody will start, you know, trusting you. You'll start trusting the company, and you'll start becoming – that more seasoned driver but it all takes patience and time so you, know, you guys are out there that are you know kind of concerned on whether or not this is the job or the industry for you just be patient yep. you know don't don't quit before your time um uh just just give an opportunity just, just learn
1: we do run into that were you gonna say something chris i was
4: just gonna say speaking of plant one could you how beneficial would it be if some of these newer guys could experience plant one <laughs> and then go to plant two right and plant two would be just a piece of cake yeah i definitely. mean a lot of guys complain you know tight turn going around the shed or whatever but <laughs> and it gets tight but yeah back yeah. into that sand bin just, right, Chris? oh just anything plant i mean one i got into it with terrible. a loader over there at plant one before oh, and it was just and i don't you know i don't get into it with anybody but it was it was a challenge at times and compared to the new plant two it's just i don't know yeah rich can attest to it it was crazy over there
2: It's stress-free i remember when we drove that i drove that plant two for the first time it was like oh my gosh this is like disneyland you know like so much space so much to do here i mean considering some of the like i said plant one just when you got them tight snug yards them bins that wow you're like how in the hell am i gonna do this you know backing up the ramp to dump with the sheet metal on the side of
4: oh, you right geez. there <laughs> yeah
3: just
2: seeing that whole wall all the damage to that wall you're like i do not want to oh, I know that. <laughs> it was not straight was it <laughs> no. the first
4: time i did it it was like a spring blizzard i would super Dave was training me i was trying to back up i couldn't see anything trying not to hit the wall and yeah it was and i had already had you know driving experience i wasn't a new driver by any means but when that's a whole that
3: was a whole different animal (laughs) sure was yeah Yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that that ramp both sides the rock and the sand were designed for tandems they were not designed for end dump trailers because that plant was really old it had been there since i don't know the 60s or something that plant was old yeah
2: (laughs) but yeah just to go back into that i mean i know you you know there's probably some drivers that started here you know throughout the winter you know that's you know the slower time here at jfw um now's the time you know everything's going to start ramping up so if you guys are still on the fence on whether or not you're going to make it financially and things like that you know once we're fully through you know the winter and the spring season I mean summers are always uh uh I don't know if you want to call it a blessing or what but you're you're going to work your hours you're going to make the money so you know don't give up yet um just keep hanging in there um keep trucking and keep doing your thing and you know hopefully things work out like I said just be patient um and, it's good
1: advice.
3: Yeah. I like it. I was explaining that to the fellow I was interviewing um, yesterday's interview canceled, but on Monday, I believe that we are where we are um, and how much we've grown based on our history in the community, based on the depth of our of our uh, contacts and our experience here in the Denver area. Um, people call us. Asking us to be their hauler and sometimes very often Jim and Dave will say no because they don't feel that we can Continue to to give the level of service to everybody if we did take on that work at that time and um, The 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 story that I'm getting from these people is yeah They just don't have any work and I can't hang on anymore I gave it, you know seven months or whatever and I'm you know, I'm starving or whatever but we have stayed so consistent over these years, not only you know during the good times but also during the bad times you know during the recession back in the early 2000s and and um, you know everything you read in the news the the economy is going through a a bit of a shrinkage right now as as well and um, we are affected but yet due to the depth of our experience and our contacts and our reputation here in Denver i i do believe that we're holding on and we we seem to pull through with that consistency yeah. i
4: would say as an individual driver my years here each year if you want to talk numbers gross wise has gotten better right. the past few years exponentially you know but right. it, but
2: uh it's definitely every year's gotten better since i've been here Oh, awesome. that's the way it was here every year that i was here i mean i ended up my pay rate i mean not just my rate but just i just kept making more money because yeah. you know we kept getting better contracts and just more work
4: and also i think it shows you know experience the more you hear the more experience the easier these jobs come to you right before you know you won't be looking at a new job as like oh man i've never been there before you should be looking at it as the next job or another right. job i i remember i hit that point where I stopped worrying about where I was going i right. was just worried about what I was doing at the time <laughs> right. because Definitely. it's, it's easy to, to, to look ahead and get, you know, I don't know, say look ahead, but just to be just scared of the next job, I would right. say, cause you, you know, you never been there before. You're like, Oh, I don't know if I can back in this way or that way or do this or right. do that. But once you hit that point where you're not, you don't it doesn't matter where they send you. You're just going to go and do the job. Cause it's the same everywhere you go. Yep. And one might be more on level than the other, but, with experience you compensate for that and get it done and do the next one
1: bam
2: definitely that's the same that's where i want to get to you know i still feel like that new driver right now i'm still a little shaky you know stuff like that but i remember i just want to get back to where i was you know where chris said you know i wasn't afraid of any job
3: yeah you feeling like a rookie rich i do i do
2: (laughs) i'm still a little shaky i'm like i said just be patient with me and you know I'll, i'll be out there i'll be with you guys side by side trucking you know and uh Going to these new job sites, that's what I can't wait for.
1: I told Rich when he came back, because <clears throat> he, him, and Lou salow you guys were buddied up going up to, like, Fort Collins. We were doing some A1 chip seals, something like that, and I just got turned loose, and, like, that was, like, one of the first things I did other than, like, a plant, and I was like, hey, you know, can I follow you guys up there? And you guys were like, Yeah. And man, they were like gone with the wind. I was like, I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't keep up, you know. What I mean, I made it up there, and they, they kind of took me under their wing a little bit, but just I was puppy dogging them all the way up there and the CB chatter. And it was like, that's the moment I realized, like, wow, this job's gonna be pretty cool. Like, these guys have fun going to do this stuff, you know?
2: Yeah, and that's one so. of the things that brought me back is just the fun. You know, yeah. it's been a while since I've had fun going to work. Um, you know, and I just remember always coming to work at JFW. It was always fun. I was always smiling. I was always waiting for that next challenge. Because mm. it's a very challenging job, especially when you get new job sites. You know, and you get you know, you know, get a customer that says, I want this pile here. Can you do this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, wherever you want it. You let me know. You just stand there, and I'll dump it on you. Yeah. I'll do whatever I got to do. Exactly.
4: You know? It's like, not a problem. Just,
3: just move that golf cart. I can put it wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> that no I keep going back to this guy that I interviewed on Monday. It was a great interview. Um, but he said he came back and applied at JFW because he did end dump in Texas. Mm. He said, I loved it, you know, and then he went over the road. He was an owner-operator. You know, he went out and spread his ring- wings like you, Rich, and, and he goes, you know, I, uh, he needed to get back local. He's got a couple little kids, lives in Brighton, and uh, he says, you know, I really thought about it. What did I have the most fun doing? He said, I want to get back into end dumping I love end dumping. Every day is a challenge. You you know you no matter where you're going, you still have to send that trailer up in the air, and yeah. that's a challenge. And it really is, you guys. It's cool. It is. It's yeah. it's
2: great. It's a great thing that we do. So you guys, uh, you know, hopefully nobody takes it for granted. But what we do is is awesome. Uh, I believe it's an art. You know, dumping them nice, tight, clean piles is an art. Not dragging them mud flaps out. I mean, it's great, man. There's nothing more impressive than pulling up to a job site and seeing a bunch of yeah piles just neatly stacked Perfect. man it's beautiful you know i've, I've taken pictures of that when i was here before and looking forward to doing it again but that's awesome man that's a that's a that's just a great feeling you know like hey we did that you know these yeah. are it's great so
1: 100 well cool let's get into our safety topics of the week we got two first <clears throat> jr came back and right away hit us with the uh Samsara safety stats for April, April 1st through the 30th. Our fleet safety score went up from a 93 to a 95. I think this is a third month in a row the mm-hmm. safety score it's has gone up. up. So that's really awesome. The top safety risk factors in April, one, speeding. In general, time spent speeding is up 44%. The majority of it is light, though, one to five miles an hour with the speed limit, which we don't count. And then uh, moderate... <coughs> is uh, down 18 percent heavy speeding 10 to 15 miles an hour is down by 25 percent and severe speeding 15 miles an hour with a speed or more is down six percent so all in all that's great
3: that's the camera talking to you yep (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants to hear it yeah i mean
1: speed but that's the thing is jr did turn on those speed alerts in cab. Because it used to be we didn't have speed alerts in cab. Unless oh, okay. you were like yeah. Severe speeding. Now, he's got those turned on, and then you have an opportunity to correct that. Mm-hmm. Uh, collision risk, 4% less than in March. We did have 394 total following two close events, which is 19 less than in March. <clears throat> the first week, we had 20 events. Second week, 153 events. But that is with the new Samsara following distance. Of 1.5 seconds where it was just one second a month before. the third week it went down to 135 events and then the fourth week it went down to 86 events so great uh, this one hurts a little bit distracted driving inattentive driving total of four inattentive driving events which is five less in February so that's actually good but the mobile yo- the mobile usage 29 events. And that's nine more than February. So I do got to say I've been watching our text messages going on. And Scooby and Jim have been talking about, uh, maybe Casey was in there or Kendrick, mobile phone usage. And they're talking about, you know, what do we have to do to make it more severe? And, you know, it could be termination on the spot for people to get the hint. So mobile phone usage sounds like our new, could be our new uh, safety campaign. Anyway, let's see. Uh, crashes. <clears throat> we had one event, but we had no crashes in March. So we had that crash on the on Highway 119, or under the I-25 overpass. So that hurt. Technically, we had two crashes, but some I didn't mark them as such. We had Double uh, 65 hit that trailer coming down Newport Street, and then Double uh, 63 hit the Firestone scale. So. Not very proud stats there. Uh, traffic signs and signals, we had 17 total events. That's down from March. Uh, rolling stops, we had 17 total events, and we had 21 in March. So just so you know, rolling stop is if you don't start, stop for a stop sign, over five miles an hour and above. If you're under five miles an hour, it won't even record that. So over five <laughs> miles an hour and above is considered a rolling stop. All right, here's the good stuff right here. The top 15 Samsara safe drivers from March. The top 11 are all tied for first place. So in no particular order, Colman Amara, Potter, Greg Wise, Edwin Ramirez, John Moore, Mike Bortz, Rick Gray, Troy Holmes, Nat Bisignano, Herb Turner, and Rob White, all tied for first place with 100. Second place, we had 12 drivers tied at 99. And then third place, we had 13 drivers tied at 98. So in the green, with the 90 or greater score, we had 103 drivers, which is seven more than in March. In the yellow, which is at 80 to 89, we had 10 drivers, which is five less from March, but that's because three of them improved their scores into the green. But unfortunately, two decreased the score in the red. And then in the red, which is less than a 79, we have three drivers, which is one less from March because they went up to the yellow or green. So the risk factors for those in red this month are following too close, speeding, distracted driving, and rolling stops. And Super Dave, I know you'll know this, but the first three things, speed, space, and distracted driving,
3: <clears throat> that's right
1: are the top three causes for truck crashes Yeah, that's right the other one's fatigue but we we don't measure that with the cameras so
5: oh good thing
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was witty
5: i just like to
4: point out that i have a 99 score so there you go
1: which <laughs> oh. do you
2: know where you're at i don't well, i do know that my first Day driving on myself, I got a couple of emails. So uh, <laughs> again, just apologize. You know, I'm trying to get used to the new system. Trying to get I out all of habits. <laughs> improvement, really. Definitely. Yeah, and I is. think yesterday I maybe only got told to uh, increase following distance like once. Okay, but uh, just getting better every day. So yes. I'm, you know, I'm excited about it.
1: That's cool.
4: I'm say those hundred scores. That that's pro- that's pretty hard to do because I don't have the restraint to do. 60 or 55 and a 55 right i'm usually doing 62 right so i mean that's what always gets me is the 5 to 10 right. speed yep it's the only thing that gets me really mo- moderate speed. and i i'm gonna refuse to obey it so yeah i can't I, do 55 i would
1: probably you be are honest a, chris i love that good job <laughs> yeah. i would probably be a moderate speeder you know so the zero to five miles an hour doesn't cost you anything yeah the five to ten starts costing you a yeah and i
4: usually yeah. set my cruise at five Seven. above I mean, it's just got what it. I do. I don't know. And that's
2: definitely it. hard to be at that, at the speed limit, especially yeah. going down I-25 or 55 because oh, yeah. there's nobody that does even close to that. It's like 75 I miles an it. hour down that thing.
1: Well, just so you know, we've had 20 volunteers to uh, set their trucks governed at 60 miles an hour. Man, well, 20 volunteers. More power oh. to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we've had a couple guys try it on their own. One guy said, yeah, I just set my cruise to 60, and he's like, I didn't have to hit my brakes the whole ride up by 25 everyone would just come past me and get out of the way yeah so you know i don't know if you really lost time or not so we'll have to see when we're gonna you know consider doing that there's some programming issues and stuff we got to work around so um the other thing Jay, I wanted to bring up is turkey creek canyon we're getting a lot of speed alerts over there turkey creek canyon is dangerous like that whole 285 is dangerous like it's scary you know, but Turkey Creek Canyon, you got those sharp turns and everything in there, and it's just really dangerous to be speeding through there. So, yep.
4: yeah, that's that's one. And speed limits forty five, but in a big truck, you don't want to be doing that. No. I usually, and I'm gonna, you know, I take it slow through there. Mm-hmm. I do thirty five to forty max.
1: Right, and here's a guy that refuses to do fifty five, but he's even telling you slow down in Turkey Creek Canyon. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and it's 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 just because I don't like to use my brakes. And mm-hmm. if you're going much faster than that, you're going to be using your brakes to slow down. And it's right. heavy traffic too. all the time, and yeah. you yeah. know traffic. I mean, now, lately it seems like once a month you got a big truck
5: mm-hmm.
4: or a, you know yeah. a pick up a Coleman camper lost and, one in there. Yeah, something mm-hmm. turned over yeah. in that area, and it just costs time, and it's mm-hmm. it's not worth it.
1: Could cost a life. That's that's the ultimate price. So, all right, so we got tips and tricks from Ray Davis and Chris Beam. Chris, I'll let you read your own tips and tricks.
4: All right, I, I won't read it from here because, I suck at text.
1: <laughs> I might have cleaned it up, <laughs> right.
4: but uh, just in general, when you're at a job site or somewhere, don't don't let people behind you think you need to rush to get dumped. Just uh, do your job, do it slow. You don't need to hurry up for anybody, really. I was I was at a job at a plant the other day, and a driver started doing things a little faster than they normally would because they felt pressured maybe Mm. and i said on the cb to the driver you know there's no need for that just take your time and the driver was snaking a little when they were backing up Mm. also because they were speeding not speeding but going faster than normally would and i just told him you know just make small adjustments with your steering wheel you don't need to crank that wheel when you first start backing up Mm. And, uh, and to help that is to use all the space ahead of you when you're lining up for a bin or anything. That way you're as straight as possible. You might not always be able to be perfectly straight, but get as straight as possible before you start backing up. And then make those small adjustments and you won't be snaking and swerving looking like you're doing the serpentine competition, you know. But uh, just doing, doing it that way will ensure that you'll get it done right. You won't have an accident and... You'll get out of there quicker because you're not having to pull up and redo it two right. or three times.
1: Remember, everyone was new on that first day. Yeah, you and know what I mean?
4: and you don't even got to be new to be in a hurry. Right. You know, just slow down when you're doing those in the yard and making those small adjustments would be much much quicker in the long run.
1: Yeah, if you if you just stay calm and ignore that people are waiting in the dump, you're probably going to do better than if you're thinking about you're in the way
3: yeah definitely yeah, being, being in a hurry never pays dividends mm. it really doesn't
1: what do you like to say
3: haste makes waste <laughs> definitely
2: <laughs> yeah, like you said too slow and steady is fast i mean yep. you know yeah
3: yeah
1: they say uh slow is smooth and smooth is fast so.
2: definitely yeah. yeah especially i know the plants you know plant two at the end of the day when everybody them loads are squeezing in there don't feel rushed you know and you guys you know are you know the chatter and stuff like that you know that's a little distracting you know you got to keep your cb on cause You got to be able to hear chewy the loader over there but again you know it's kind of nerve-wracking when the cb's going off guys are you know talking when they you know probably don't have to be you know right. just try to keep the chatter down the minimum let's get dumped out there and take our time make sure we do it right
1: good advice uh ray davis wrote a little piece that'll be uh, held high in Dave's heart, Super uh, Brother Dave's heart. It's called Situational Awareness. What is situational awareness? It's knowing where you are and what is going on around you. We need to be aware of our surroundings and what is going on constantly, scanning and knowing what is around us and what can be coming. In the mornings, we need to be aware that brakes can be locked, so we need to make sure all the wheels are rolling when you pull forward. Well, Having your windows down and paying attention and looking in your mirror will help, right? When pulling on the scale, we need to stop and let the scale know what truck number and what you got and where you're going before you pull on the scale. Or pull on the scale and stop first and then talk to the scale house. Be aware that if you're not pulling on the scale straight, your rear tires on your trailer may hit something when pulling on. So always make sure you have enough room to get straight when pulling onto a scale. When pulling forward at the fuel island, always honk your city horn and look around before moving to be aware of your surroundings. Give it a few seconds to make sure no one has walked in front, in, from under, or behind your truck. It's easy to get distracted by your phone or the CB in your hand as you're trying to pull on a scale or move forward out of a parking spot or fuel island. Let's slow it down and be aware, and remember, safety has no blind spot. I've been using this also in my personal vehicle be safe. Much love and respect always. Ray Ray 0012.
3: Yeah. Good stuff, Ray. Good stuff.
1: So you want to hit us with that high road Holland? Sure. I bet you got a good one.
3: You know, this idea came from a meeting we had the other day and, uh, the individual that we were talking with really did a good job. He said, you know, I just need to get better. And that, I don't care what you're talking about. Even if you're talking about, you know, playing checkers for crying out loud, you, you always want to get better, you know? And so I thought, how do you do that? How do you change yourself for the better? How do you make changes in, in whatever aspect that you're thinking about? And change is almost always scary and seldom simple. The more significant that change is, the harder it can be to take the first step and stick it to the course. However, learning how to change yourself for the better is an important skill to cultivate for success, both in your personal life and in business. The key to improve yourself is to approach the process methodically, instead of hoping that success will fall into your lap. When people think about personal change, they often imagine remaking their entire lives from the ground up. Well, that kind of drastic makeover only works in movies, and in real life, the smart move is to make gradual changes until they stick, a little bit at a time. A lot of us get stuck in our ways once we hit a certain age. <laughs> yes. Um, that, past that point, breaking out of our old habits and making an effort to improve ourselves can, be, can become much harder. However, even a little push when it comes to changing yourself for the better can make a significant difference. And here are five ways to help you change. Number one, acknowledge your mistakes and look to the future. Chances are are there are particular aspects of your personality you'd like to change. It might also be you've made mistakes in your personal or business life and are looking to rectify the behavior that got you to that point. With that in mind, if you want to learn how to change, you need to acknowledge the behaviors that you want to modify. More importantly, you need to own up to them instead of blaming them on external factors. Number two, get out of your comfort zone. Uncomfortable situations are something we all try to avoid. For example, if you've put off exercising for years, the first time you go for a jog, it's going to be very difficult. The thing is, self-improvement is almost never a fun process. It requires you to take a close look at yourself, acknowledging your flaws, making a conscious effort to change them and then actually putting that into practice it's all too normal to fall back into old habits when you're making drastic changes to your life if it happens to you then don't beat yourself up over it what you need to do instead is acknowledge it and try again and make an effort to avoid the triggers that led you to that stumble in the first place number three associate with other people who are focused on success it can be a very hard stick with very hard to stick with new habits unless you have a support network. If you do, they'll be able to encourage you, provide help, and even hold you accountable if needed. To try to find an accountability partner, the idea is that you'll help each other change for the better, so it's a win-win situation. Number 4, set long and short-term goals. If you want to change yourself for the better, you need to have a clear goal in mind about the ways you want to improve. There are no goals too small. In fact, finding small ways you can improve is a good way to set achievable, measurable goals. Many times people set very ambitious goals that turn out to be more than they can accomplish all at once. Number five, stop comparing yourself to other people. It's easy to become intimidated when you see how successful people around you are. You might work with an overachiever, know someone that's incredibly funny, or have several successful friends. In these cases, it's easy to compare yourself negatively to them, but rather than help you focus on improving yourself, this could lead you to just becoming frustrated with your own perceived flaws. Remember that when it comes to improving yourself, every small victory counts and everybody is different. So comparing yourself to others is hardly ever productive. With this in mind, Set your goals and take them step by steps, and you'll be well on your way to uh, improving yourself for the better. And I absolutely love this quote this week. This is great. The biggest room in the world is the room for improvement
4: yeah.
3: by Helmut Schmidt. And Helmut Schmidt, just so you know, was a German West German chancellor from 1974 to 1982. Huh. So... Nice. Yeah, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. Love I was it. trying to improve. Yep, mm-hmm. I've got I've got a lot of room <laughs> in my room <laughs> <laughs> for improvement. <laughs> Me too. Huh. So. Final thoughts,
1: everybody. Nice uh, job, Soup. By the way, thank you. Excellent.
4: Yeah, definitely. I would just say, everybody have a good day. Keep a three hundred and sixty degree view around your truck, and uh,
1: got it. <laughs>
2: for me i guess it's just patience you know be patient with one another be patient with yourself um you know speed kills don't be in a hurry not just at work but you know in everyday life you know don't be such a hurry to to live life you know enjoy every day and uh like said, just just be patient with life you know let life come to you Yep.
3: Soup. yeah rich and i were talking before the podcast this morning and you know he was just commenting how being in business for himself taught him a lot about how to conduct excuse me conduct himself um and represent himself um when he was going out and doing deliveries and and running his company and and I just thought to think when we're out in a JFW truck it's always taught you know talked about like oh I'm representing the company and it just keyed up on me like hey you know what think of it as you're representing yourself. You're out there driving that truck. When people look through that window or you get out of that truck at a job site, they're looking at you. Mm -hmm. So give a good representation of yourself and how you want to be perceived by other people.
1: I like that. And that's kind of where I was headed. You know, I feel like I've said it before, JFW, I mean, we're the way we are because of all the hard work and stuff we put in. We got great-looking trucks because of what we've done to get here. And I want to say we're better than hitting scales. We're better than dragging tires. We're better than running over ballers at the fuel aisle. But that's what we're doing. But we are better than that, and we need to be better than that. Um, You know, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Dustin. He's got a saying, like, you're making us look stupid. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's not directed at anybody in particular. But, you know, if we drive off a scale at the pit and every truck that's in that pit drives by us, that, that makes us look stupid. Oh, yeah. You know, Definitely. it doesn't. Definitely eyes are on you. Yeah. I mean, we're better than that. And I just want to continue to be better than that. Nobody's perfect. But, you know, there's a lot of things we could do for to prevent the preventable accidents, right? So let's just uh, be the best version of it ourselves. Yep. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Channel 23 podcast. Hit that follow button. Also, don't forget to go back and listen to Episode 72 and help us find Amber's mom. Links to her story will be in the description of today's podcast as well. Let's say the creed and get on out of here.
3: Right on. All right. Ready? Together. I wasn't ready. Oh, well that's not together. <laughs> Individually. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Together, <laughs> together we, we face and overcome, overcome all that stands before us. Together we, we are accident-free. Together we, we joyfully create honest value for, value for those we serve. Together we, we celebrate, celebrate our differences and, and respect, respect those with whom we work. Whom we work. Together, together we, we are accountable for our words and our, and our actions. actions. And together, and together we, we are the JFW family. family
1: wow that was not very together (laughs) thanks everybody appreciate you listening and uh, have a great day we'll see you next week
3: have a great day and watch out for those rains this afternoon at least it's not snow but it is wednesday
0: i see those big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition. Any Rocky Mountain day, our fathers before us showed us the way. We worked for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings, but that's never been a problem because we got diesel in our veins we've got diesel in our veins i see those big bright shiny red trucks that just are trucking down the road those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line big, bright, shiny red trucks just a-truckin' down the road Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just lookin' for another load Those big, bright, shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town they got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them they just keep that hammer down, and they keep that diesel truckin'. Keep that hammer down, and keep that diesel truck truckin'. I see those big bright shiny red trucks, just a-truckin' down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks, just a-lookin' for another load. They just keep them doors a closed, keep them butts in their seats Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat me. They've gotta put the hammer down, and pick up another load Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road Keep them eyes open on. Bright, shiny red trucks, just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks, just looking for another load. Breaker Breaker 23. Anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening.